All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, it's Friday night. Shout it out, shout it out, shout it out. Shout it out, shout it out, shout it out. Welcome, Law of One, class number 11. All right. So welcome, everybody. I hope you guys had a great week. I hope you guys had a great, um, uh, well, I guess a week. I talked to some of you last week, right? Denise, I see you there in the audience. Casey, I see you there in the, in the audience. You, but there could be anyone on the planet. So this week, I am not live on YouTube because they deleted me, of course. Google deleted me, right? YouTube channel that doesn't have very many followers. So I decided to do like I was doing before with Google and just use them as an archive. So I'm no longer going to broadcast live on YouTube. So if you know anybody who who usually watches me on YouTube, tell them they're going to either have to come to Facebook or go to Twitter because I'm also live for the first time on Twitter. I don't know how long that'll last. I know that they, get, they used to allow what they used to call a periscope, but now that Twitter doesn't call it that anymore. Someone else does. I think it's Instagram now. Um, but you used to be able to go live for a limited amount of time. Then they let you go live for a lot longer. Now I don't know how long it is. I just decided to check it out and said I could go live, so I did. So I might lose that feed at some point, but we're live on Twitter. So those of you who might be picking me up on Twitter, welcome. I don't know if the chat comes from Twitter into here. So if you guys say anything, I'm not monitoring that chat right now. I don't have any other monitors up to do that. Um, although I do have other monitors that I could put up. I just didn't do it this week because it was impromptu. So I might start having to look at that and see if there's any comments live on Twitter. Not that it won't be about uh, 99% bots uh, and hate mail, because that's usually all that's on there anyway. That's why Elon Musk uh, went through what he went through. And he's now, um, you know, the uh, weaponized uh, United States government uh, 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 DOJ, Department of Justice, is now, of course, investigating Elon Musk because he was working on the deal and then said screw you you guys have more than 10 percent bots on your so 10 percent. you have to realize that guy guys at 10 percent of the people that are on there responding to with hate speech are in fact robots more than 10 percent, and and it's somewhere around 12 to 14 percent so literally if you post something you can guarantee that 90 percent of the hate speech is just you know useful idiots uh, that can't do anything but scream. That's what Twitter's about. So I figured I'll see if I can get myself a ban from Twitter too by going live there, right? <laughs> Let me turn this off, right? Let me turn off the, the uh, overlay here because uh, it's still on. There we go. Uh, bing, there I am over there on the side, right? There you guys are there. Okay, so we're on session number eight. I didn't write that in the description. I probably should have so people know where they're at in case they decide to go back and try to pay attention to what's going on with uh, the law of one in our discussion. Let me go over here, back over to the comments so I can see what you guys are saying. My computer's being slow, and of course, my internet decided to act weird um, right then. Oh, and then of course, uh, um, I, I closed the comments after I opened them. That's annoying to me. Right, everything's moving slow, so I'm moving too fast. Either that or I'm just moving too fast for everything. That's usually what happens anyway is I move, my brain moves far faster than anyone else can keep up, unless you're in my family. And I found that if you're from the San Francisco Bay Area, 
I don't know about the rest of the world, but if you're from the San Francisco Bay Area, there's a certain certain group of us that just talk like 10,000 miles a second. If you guys watch Fox at all during the day or at any time, uh, Emily Campagno, she's that short, dark-haired, really pretty girl who used to be a, she grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, is a Raider fan, was a Raider at, is a lawyer, and is on Fox. She's on in the mornings at nine o'clock on the on the uh, outnumbered. She's one of the co-hosts of that, but she's also on there at other, at other times. She has other shows. Uh, she talks so fast they always give her a hard time because she talks too fast. And she's from the San Francisco Bay Area. She grew up less than twenty miles from where I grew up, literally, um, literally. So, so the so the people that are there in the Bay Area, we talk like a billion miles a second, but not all of us. There's a certain group of us that do that, and the other ones don't. The other way around is the other ones talk real slow, and the people in Texas are driven nuts by the people in the San Francisco Bay Area because we move so slow, we talk slow, and we do everything. There was a guy that came in from Houston and said, you guys would never make it in Houston or Austin because you guys just speak slow, you drive slow. And I was like, well, that's because the cops here are like in Arizona. If you're on the freeway, they don't mind it too much, but if you're in town and you and you speed in any way, you're in serious trouble. Arizona, they drop in with a freaking parachute on you, right? Peter, welcome. I didn't see him there until I saw Denise said hi. So, uh, so um, let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, so the so we talk fast, uh, and I apologize for that because uh, people a lot of times are like, "Oh my God," because I move too fast for their brain. And I figured that out, and it's all ages. So I try to slow down when I speak on here because I talk normally. If you get me going, I talk way too fast. Uh, and, and my family members do the same thing. Uh, and we can hold like four conversations all at once. Drives people crazy when there's a bunch of us together. Last time we had like 20 of us in a in a restaurant. We ended up taking over the entire side of the restaurant, and they wouldn't seat anybody there because they could nobody could hear anything because we were all talking. And um, a buddy of mine was there and he was like, how do you guys do this? And I said, we grow up doing this. Watch. And I said, literally, I'm sitting here right now talking to him. I did this. And I said, I, I could literally, I know what my, 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 two of my sisters are talking about. They're talking to two different people. I know what that conversations are. I know what the conversation that my niece, my nephew, they're having with each other, my brother and his wife, and they're having a conversation with my other niece. And I know what's going on in all those conversations, and I could jump in at any time. He's like, I noticed that. How do you guys do that? I said, our brains are wired to where we can multitask, and we multitask conversations. So we literally are tuned into each other's voices, and we can hear in a crowd what people are saying. And we can carry a conversation with somebody across the room and go, no, that was in July. That wasn't in September. Remember, it was July. It was on the, it was on the 17th of July because it was a Saturday that year. Remember that? And the, and the person will go, oh, yeah, you're right. No, he was right. It wasn't. And they're like, how in the hell did he even hear us, let alone know what to say right there? Because that's just the way that we're all, uh, you know, wired. So I apologize if I speak too fast uh, and I try to slow down. The problem is that if I, if I talk too slow, I'll never get out what's in my head. That's the problem with what's going on. And we don't have ADD or ADHD. We don't at all. In fact, I don't think you couldn't have ADD if you if you're literally able to have a conversation with five different people, different conversations at the same time. 
So I don't think you would be ADD if you were doing that, but I'm sure there is a few people in my family that do have ADD. Uh, and they have a problem. Uh, we're too loud and we and we talk too fast. My my sisters, one of my sisters, the youngest one, the one that's just older than me, because I have four older sisters, uh, the one that is just uh, older than me, uh, her ex, he used to get, he used to just get confused when she would start talking, especially around the family, and we get going, and, and he would look at her and he would go, because that was the sound he made, because that's what he heard. His brain was so confused, he could not comprehend what we were saying. And I realized that, that that comes from, one comes from being Irish, even though Emily Campagno is, in fact, Italian. Uh, but I know Italian people do that, too. But the Irish people, when they get going, they'll talk fast if they want to. Most of the time, they talk slow. But when they get going, they get going uh, so fast that people don't understand them. I had a girl that came, and I think she was from the west uh, uh, coast of Ireland because her accent was, uh, Peter is more in the east than the west, and his accent is more the more of a kind of a southern draw. It's a unique kind of accent for the region that he's in. But the people in the west, the people in the east of Ireland, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about in the west. The people in the west, they joke about it. They say the people over there don't even understand each other. And this girl, I don't know where she came from, but she was Irish, and she was like 19 years old, and her name was Afy. And she was an exchange student, and I hired her. Uh, and she was going to Cal Berkeley, and I was working managing a store in Berkeley, a craft store. And um, nobody could understand what she was saying. She was speaking English, but it was with an Irish accent. So it was really thick Irish English. And nobody could understand her because she spoke so fast with this thick Irish, what we call the brogue over here, this thick Irish brogue, that nobody understood her. And they thought I was speaking a foreign language to her when I would start talking to her. And uh, she would say something to me, and all they heard was, blah, 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 blah. and I would answer her. I said this before on my show, so I'm not going to continue with it, the story. But, but uh, yeah, that's just crazy, right? So I apologize if I speak too fast, but I have to kind of do that to get some of this stuff out, right? Yeah, see, Peter's talking about that now. People give him a hard time a lot. They don't understand me when with my Irish accent, but it's the way of life. Right. Understand. I speak too fast. See, Peter right there. He says the same thing. And I don't think spe Peter speaks too fast. I think he speaks slow compared to my family. So I understand Peter perfectly. And there you go, Peter. Perfect example. Right. People are like, what the fuck did you just say? Slow down, bro. And I know that when he's talking to his phone, it's the same way because I do that with my phone. And even the, with this American accent that I have, which is a southern draw with an eastern dialect because my family came in through Boston uh, in Jersey, but mostly Boston. And uh, in, uh, most of my family came into Boston and then came out to California. But some of them came across the South. So I have this Southern, uh, a lot of people were like, where are you guys from the South? And I'm like, no, well, it, no, uh, not really. We're, we're, you know, uh, central California, but uh, we have a Pennsylvania and, uh, and uh, uh, Boston accent that came across the south through texas on its way out here and they picked up some of the oaky uh, uh words i guess on the way out so because of that here in america people would think that i would talk slower but i don't because of being boss people in boston talk fast they're mostly irish and they speak really fast pennsylvania is the same way okay so you know i don't know about the rest of massachusetts but boston is that way and that's why i loved if you watch the movie and then i'm gonna get into the love one if you watch the movie The Departed, I loved it because um, what what's his name? Um, oh, I can see his face. 
I can't think of his name right now. Alec Baldwin. He he played this character who was who was a, a Northie, and uh, he spoke so fast. He would have a conversation with himself. At one point, he says, he's like, hey, you want to go out and have a smoke? I'm going to go out and have a smoke. You probably don't smoke. You're probably one of those fags that are, are all about uh, uh, working out, right? Okay, fuck you. I'm going to go have a cigarette. He never even waited for the guy to give him an answer. That's the way they talk, and that's the way, kind of the way we are, right? So especially the guys from Boston, they get like that. And then when you get the Southeast and the Westies, uh, they, they speak with a different dialect, just like everywhere else, North, South, East, West. England's the same way. Uh, Ireland's the same way. It's an omnipotria filia spiritu sancti, right? It is. It's that way everywhere. North, South, East, West, all the accents are different, even in, in major cities, right? It's just what happens. But I love this character because then you had the other guys like, like uh, um, uh, what's his name, Mark Wahlberg. He was playing a guy that was from Southie, so he was uh, he was more he was more a little bit with that uh, accent that kind of gradually goes into New York. So I love it, right? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, was was in that movie. That movie is a great movie. Everybody that was in that movie, except for Leo, all the other guys grew up there in Boston. By the way, they're all from that area, and uh, some of their accents, like Mark Wahlberg, his that's was his real accent that he doesn't put on anymore, but that was his real Southie accent. And he played the cop who arrested him 11 times. No joke. He played the police officer who literally arrested him 11 times before he was 18 years old. Uh, and he talked about that. So it was an honor for him to play that cop because that cop actually kind of kept him straight. And that's why if you ever watch the Wahlbergs, Mama says in the beginning before it used to be, oh, no, here come the Wahlbergs. And now it's, hey, there's the Wahlbergs. Because before they were anybody, they were they were uh, a you know uh, what do we call we would call them trailer trash, but they were you know they were thug life, uh, Southie uh, uh, Irish. So you know those guys were IRA or getting ready to be it. Right? <laughs> so I was hilarious. So yeah, that was a great movie. A lot of people in in that movie. A lot of good cast, and most of those guys that were in that were actually Irish. Almost all of them were Irish. And most of them were from that area. So they had the background, either their families themselves or themselves, right, grew up in the Massachusetts area. So they were perfect actors to play the part. And, of course, they knew the accent because they had family members, right? So whatever accent they needed, they all already knew because they had grown up hearing it, either in their family. My family's the same way, right? If it's not a Pennsylvania accent, it's a Boston accent. And they all talk with all those uh, afflictions of the different way dialects of of speaking <laughs> where you're from so it's hilarious my grandfather used to say spigot not a water faucet right not the, not the sink right and, and chesterfield or davenport for a couch and those were those were names of a company that used to make uh couches back in the freaking 1800s but it just caught on right so i thought that was hilarious anyway i did i digress so let's go for let's go on right now i didn't have a chance to Add in normally I put in there where it says question uh, and then uh, and then answer. I didn't put that in. Uh, I didn't have time uh, to do that. I haven't gotten a program. It's been really crazy. We just got done with that full moon last week. I hope you guys weathered that well. It wasn't a crazy super moon. Well, it was a super moon, but it wasn't a crazy energy for me anyways. I had worse time on the new moon than I did on the full moon. But I think the full moon because I was ready for it and uh, the energy that it was there, um, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep for four days. 
I still didn't sleep very well last night, and it's been a while since the full moon. Um, so the full moon affected me that way. It always does, right? I want to go and hunt, right? Uh, that's usually why, especially in October when there's a full moon. I didn't do it this time, but usually in October when there's a full moon, I'll link uh, a typo negative uh, wolf moon to everybody, right? Uh, because it's it's a it's a really sexy song. Uh, about the full moon and and uh, being a werewolf. So, anyways, if I sit here long enough, it'll crash. So we need to go ahead and start. Let me get me off the screen here, and put this into full screen for you guys. There we go. It's as close as I can get. So you'll have to zoom in if you can't hear me. Hopefully, my microphone. I'm screwing around, moving around. Hopefully my microphone's not, uh, yeah, great movie, by the way. Yeah, thank you, Casey. It was a good movie. True story. Uh, actually, true story. So if you guys watched The Departed, that really happened. It's like Westies. Uh, that really happened. Uh, and so The Departed really happened, it, and it happened the way you see it happen. Uh, only they're not 100% sure that the Mark Wahlberg cop was the one who, um, who championed uh, Leo, but... The guy who um, Matt Damon played, they're, they're pretty sure was, in fact, uh, the bad guy that was on the take. And uh, he got whacked. Uh, at the same time, um, the Donnie Wahlberg's cop character did, in fact, disappear off the face of the earth. Uh, and so everyone just assumes that he killed the guy and split because nobody thinks he got whacked. Um, and since you got to remember that, uh, that the character... That Nickel, uh, that uh, Jack Nicholson played was in fact I uh, not IRA, but he was in fact uh, Irish mafia, the the uh, sympathizers too. Even though he gave shit to the IRA, they downplayed the IRA role in that movie, and that was done politically by this country. Those of us who know anything about the IRA know that there was a lot more of that that was tied into that, and that's why. A couple of the guys who were the cops, one that got shot and, and he was undercover, the one that died, uh, and Donnie Wahlberg's character, or Mark, Mark Wahlberg's character, and and the captain were, in fact, IRA but, or sympathizers or in the IRA. And uh, a lot of people don't know that, and they downplayed that completely. And that's why things had to be done the way they were at the end. They wiped out everybody, uh, and, and nobody got credit for it. Right. It just kind of happened. That's why that was ordered. And that happened because uh, they were going and turning people in and doing all this stuff and setting people up. And that guy was doing it. Uh, his character was doing it, or, you know, a character in the movie. But in real life, he was doing it the same way. The same reason Whitey Bulger turned was to take care of all the competition so that he would have uh, total reign. And because of that, Whitey Bulger and uh, he uh, pissed off the IRA, and that's why eventually both of them got whacked, right? So when Whitey got whacked, uh, people go, oh, he just, you know, he must have pissed off the mafia. He did. He pissed off the Irish mafia, not the Italian mafia. And that's why as soon as they found him, uh, he got transferred from one prison to another and got whacked the second he got to the other prison. And, and then no questions were asked as to why it happened. That was not done by the American government, just so you know, right? So... Yeah, yeah, the departed was incredible. It was a true story. That's why it was incredible. Uh, in fact, they downplayed the violence. There was a lot more gore in real life. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get started. I apologize for anybody who left uh, because I was not talking about the law of one. Some people are very anal. And I kind of do this on purpose. I mentioned that last week. 
I do this on purpose to lose those people. So I apologize if you're still here and I'm driving you fucking crazy right now. I'm doing that on purpose because those people who who tend to be completely linear um, usually have more um, uh, problems with uh, with everything that's going on. I'm not saying you can't be linear and be uh, spiritual at the same time. I'm just saying that usually the people who are, in fact, super alt-left and super alt-right are both really anal about things. That's just like if you write something, they're going to critique your spelling and your grammar and your dictation or your diction. Uh, and they're not going to give a crap about what you're what you're actually trying to get across. So for the common folk that are just trying to make their way and they, and they don't have a, 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 you know, a, a law degree or they don't have a, a, uh, a certificate on the wall that says, I know how to write a book and, and speak uh, volumes of the way that things are supposed to flow from the Bible. Uh, because of that, I like to piss off those people so they'll leave uh, early. That's why I waste a lot of time. Some of it, the first 10 minutes, I waste just letting people get here. But if I waste any other time after that, that's me being a dick. Just so you know. <laughs> right? That's usually what's going on. Okay. So, uh, FYI, Mark and Donnie are brothers. Yes, they, yeah, they played uh, Boston Cops on the Equalizer. I didn't know that, but I knew it. But, but, but Donnie and Mark are. Yeah, they're brothers. And they have two other brothers and a couple sisters that you never see on television. Um, okay. And, uh, and they never talk about their father. You got to wonder about that. All right, I'm looking at the camera like I'm still on the camera. That's hilarious. Okay, so let me go ahead and start this, uh, and we'll get into it, and we'll get moving here. Okay, so let's let's start. And if you guys have any problem, wait. Let me turn the sound up on my, my on my speakers before I start and forget if it'll let me do that. What's going on? There it is. Okay, here we go. RA, I am RA. I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. I communicate now. 8.1 Questioner, I have a question about what I call the advertising of the Confederation. It has to do with free will. There have been certain contacts allowed, as I understand, by the Council, but this is limited because of free will of those who are not oriented in such a way that they could maybe want contact. This material that we are doing now will be disseminated. Dissemination of this material will be dependent upon the wants of a relatively small number of people on the planet. Many people on the planet now want this material, but even though we disseminate it they will not be aware it is available. Is there any possibility of creating some effect which I would call advertising, or is this against the principle of free will? RA, I am RA consider, if you will, the path your life experience complex has taken. Consider the coincidences and odd circumstances by which one thing flowed to the next. Consider this well. Each entity will receive the opportunity that each needs. This information source being this does not have uses in the life experience complex of each of those among your peoples who seek. Thus the advertisement is general and not designed to indicate the searching out of any particular material, but only to suggest the noumenal aspect of the illusion. 8.2 Questioner, there was a portion of the material yesterday which I will read where you say there is a certain amount of landing taking place. Some of these landings are of your peoples, some are of the entities known to you as the group of Orion. 
My first question is what did you mean by the landings are of your peoples? RA, I am RA. Your peoples have, at this time slash space present, the technological achievement, if you would call it that, of being able to create and fly the shape and type of craft known to you as unidentified flying objects. Unfortunately for the social memory complex vibratory rate of your peoples, these devices are not intended for the service of mankind, but for potential destructive use. This was in 1981. Okay, so in 1981, Ra was telling this, right? So your peoples have at this time slash space present the technological achievement, if you would call it that, of being able to create and fly the shape and type of craft. So not just rockets, not just the, the space shuttle. Shape and type of craft you know as unidentified flying objects. Unfortunately, for the social memory complex vibratory rate of your people, peoples, these devices are not intended for the service of mankind, but potential destructive use. So they're drones, and they're not the ones that we know about now. Okay? That is important to know in 1981, because the natural progression of technology, 1981, 91, 2001, 2011, 2021, is 40 years. 41 years ago, we had the technology, but didn't use it for space travel that, that he's talking about for humans to better ourselves, used it for destructive purposes, which means they were, in fact, military aircraft that were designed to fight like fighter planes in outer space and on the planet. Okay? So let's look at 1981 and the technology that we thought we had in 1981 and then go back 40 years to 1941 and look at the technological advances that we made from 1941 with, with prop planes, right? The best thing we had in 1941 was prop planes and, the, and we had rockets that could fire up into space, but we didn't even have anybody on the moon or in outer space for 20 years. 40 years before that was the turn of the century where we were driving little teeny Model A's, Model T Fords. Covered wagon, 60 years later to the moon, Alice. 40 years 20 years from that point is when this is. 40 years hence, which is, which is what? 60 years since we were able to go to the moon. What kind of technology do you think the advancements that we have now, if we had the technology to make spaceships, saucers, flying saucers, and the like, that we were seeing and people were reporting on that we were, that we were saying was not real, in 19 in 1981 so if we have that in 1981 what do we have now 40 years later think about this that's why this is important to be discussing all right so let's continue 
This further muddles the vibration nexus of your of your social memory complex, causing a situation. This further muddles the vibratory nexus of your social memory complex, causing a situation whereby neither those oriented towards serving others nor those oriented towards serving self can gain the energy slash power which opens the gates to intelligent infinity for the social memory complex. This in turn causes the harvest to be small. 8.3 Questioner, are these crap that are of our peoples from what we call planes that are not incarnate at this time? Where are they based? RA, I am RA. These of which we spoke are of third density and are part of the so- How important is that? The bases vary. There are bases, as you would call them, undersea in your southern waters near the Bahamas, where we have what? The Bermuda Triangle. As well as your Pacific seas in various places close to your Chilean border, where we have the Easter Island. There are bases upon your moon as you would call the satellite, which are at this time being reworked. The bases were already there from before when the moon was pulled into orbit. And they're being reworked because we found them. We found them in the 30s and the 40s, and they were being refitted. There are also, there are bases which move about your lands. Bases that move from one place to another. That's very important, guys. Think about that. If you would call them that, right? These are bases. These are bases of this. And we that are on the ground that are moving moving around. Underground, they're moving around. Okay, move about bases that move about your life. Move it, but we don't see them. Why? Okay. We don't see them. In the water, I guess, because we can't see them unless we go there and the water, right? So think about that. You can't hear. So am I, am I, is my microphone completely not working right now? Let me see if it's working. Test one, two. Let me know if you guys can hear me. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do something about this microphone. Can't hear me. Wow. Okay, hold on. And my microphone went down. Test one, two. Test one, two. Test one, two. Speaker test. Okay, everything says it's working.
Okay, what well, now it's better? Okay. So I had to re and said my browser lost connection with my camera as well. So somebody's screwing with a signal because my browser is now losing the microphone. And uh, I had to go into the I had to go into the microphone setting and then test and then look at it and, and test it. And all of a sudden it was fine. So now it's saying my camera went down, which it did. So let's see if we can start the camera. That's hilarious right there. Let me see. Now my camera's on. Not that we need it because I'm not on there. But thank you for telling me that you didn't hear me. See, I was telling you about stuff right then that had to do with these bases. And all of a sudden, isn't that weird? The perfect timing. Then all of a sudden, my camera and my microphone cut out at the exact same time. Think about that. And I got a message from StreamYard that said my browser lost connection with my microphone and my camera. So I went into settings. And as soon as I went into settings and went into the microphone, it was there. Right? Love live chat, right? No joke. So as soon as I went on there and said testing, one, two, I don't know if you guys heard me that. I could see it, that it was working. And then I clicked on the speakers. And it, and then, of course, the StreamYard thing is a, is a female voice, and she's kind of singing. Uh, we are testing your speakers, testing your speakers. It sounds like they're working. They're, and I was like, those are working. And I hit, uh, I didn't even have to hit save. I just hit exit. And you guys were like, yeah, we can hear you fine. Started crackling when Raw started. As soon as Raw was talking about this, see, it's this microphone. I may have to start doing the show on my new computer. Um, I just didn't want to start going on the internet with it because I don't have, uh, I have to install all the anti-malware and all that stuff on the computer, which I don't have on there right now. Right. So I'm playing my video game, which is uh, I can trust that place not to not to uh, fry me. So uh, I'm not actually on, well, I'm on the Internet because I have to use a browser to get there. Uh, but I'm not on Google and, and that kind of shit. So they're not totally coming after me and taking all my information. Not that, that I do that on purpose so that I can play that game and actually play player versus player and hunt humans. Right. It gets old after a while if I don't get to hunt humans. Anyway, when you hunt humans, as long as I did. <laughs> <laughs> in one way or another. So I'm not sure what was going on, but it's because of what we're uh, talking about right here. So let me reiterate this. Let me start again. And we'll see if it screws up my microphone. Let me know if I, if I cut out. If all of a sudden I stop and there's dead air. Because you know me, I don't leave any dead air, right? Only a second or two. The bases are, are varied. There are bases, as you would call them, under sea, in your southern waters near the Bahamas, as well as in the Pacific uh, seas, in various places close to your Chilean borders, on the water there are also bases see that's on the water not just on in the water there are bases upon your moon as you would call this satellite which are at this time being reworked 1981 there are bases which move about your lands that means they they change from one place to another in the bivouac they did that all the way back to the to military on forever you guys just don't know that if you've never been in the military that the military sets up a military base someplace and they can break it down in, a, in an hour or two and move on and then reset up another military base in another place. That's, 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 they've been doing that forever. So they're used to it. Okay. So uh, let's see, there are bases that you would call in your skies, right? There are bases which move about your lands. There are bases, if you would call them that in your skies, there are bases of your people's various numerous, and we have, and we have said potentially destructive. Okay. So hopefully you guys heard all that. So think about that, right? So 1981, we had the technology to build UFOs, what we called UFOs. So spaceships 
that are unidentified that don't look like aircraft that we have today. So that wouldn't that would exclude rockets and that would exclude the space shuttle because the space shuttle, in fact, looks like a, a an airplane. Right. And rockets, everybody knows what it is. They see a rocket. Actually, most of the time, people now uh, they, they see rockets flying up in the air and we get reports and videos and pictures on my ancient aliens worldwide of UFOs. And we're like, that's a rocket. <laughs> that's a rocket taking off. And then when meteors come into the atmosphere and start burning up in the atmosphere, people are like UFO, UFO. No, that's a meteor. Sorry. <laughs> right. Drives people crazy. They get all mad at me. They get mad at the staff that works with me. When we debunk that and go, no, no, if you checked with the military, they were following the missile. Oh, that's just a lie. They're just telling you to cover up the UFO. No, that's an actual missile flying up in the air with a rocket booster. Okay, that's not a UFO flying. There's a, when the UFO flies, there's no flames that come out the back. That's old technology that we use that we call jet engines that you guys think is the newest technology. So you think UFOs are going to fly with jet engines propelling them on the planet like you would see our aircraft, okay? That's not how it works. So if you're seeing something and it's going up in the air and there's this big long cloud behind it and there's fire coming out of the butt or it, all you see is the flame because it's dark, that's not a UFO flying by. And if it's coming down and it's not going up, that's a meteor coming in and it usually glows or it's on fire and it's plasma colored fire. See, those of us who have a brain or an education or both, we see that and we know exactly what it is. Now, I'm not saying, because if you saw, they did a really good rendering in, uh, in um, Independence Day. When the UFO came in, uh, to the, to, it was huge. And when it came into the atmosphere, there was this big uh, billowing cloud and a lot of plasma burning off as it came in and slowed down. That's really close to what it would look like in real life. Except for, uh, you know, if it was a, a spaceship that usually, because they don't come through the ionosphere and hit it like everything that we have that comes in, everything that we have is falling into our atmosphere, okay? When you fly in and, the, and you're actually under propulsion, you just slow down so you don't hit that wall and catch fire with, like we do. Everything that comes from outer space, they let it free fall, okay? So it free falls and we have the, the you know, the, the put the, the um, flame resistant, they use mica and they put it on chalk or foam, uh, usually foam, and they put mica on the bottom of it and mica can withstand like, you know, two Kelvin so or, or higher. So but we just let it free fall into the, uh, into the atmosphere. So you don't do that when you have a, a ship that's actually flying. But we do because, we, we, because that's what the technology was um, 100 years ago. Okay, and that's what they still use for like NASA and stuff. Where you guys think that's the best technology that we have in the in the universe, but it's not. Okay, let's go ahead and continue here, and hopefully the microphone will stay and everything else will stay. I won't get too descriptive about uh, UFOs and aliens and all that stuff right now. We'll let Raw do the talking, and I'll only pop in. But I wanted you to think about that. 1981, we had the technology to make spaceships, but we weren't using them for crew. But we were, uh, but we were, but not what, what, what Raw was talking about. And there was other stuff. And then bases on the moon already, 1981, bases on the moon, bases underwater, bases in and on the land that were movable and in the sky. And in the sky. Why would we not be able to see the ones that are in the sky? 
Well, it's keeping them up in the sky and, and having them hover or fly around. Okay, so they have, obviously, they have cloaking devices. I told you about that, about that ship that I saw that was the cigar-shaped, and that's a design that we got from the Draco, by the way, the Draconians. And I saw one, and it literally vanished before my eyes. It did not take off in a streak of, of speed away from me. It literally cloaked. And I had a picture. I don't know where it is now. It was on Ancient Aliens Worldwide. It was about five years ago. We had a picture of uncloaked cigar-shaped ships that cloaked. And then there was another picture that we had that we the people couldn't see it, but the camera picked them up. And they took a picture of the, they were taking a picture of the valley and you could see a, a, a cigar shaped UFO that no one saw with their eyes, but the camera picked it up. And of course, that those those the film and the in the in the photos were taken off the Internet and scooped up by the federal government, which would suggest that it was something they didn't want us to know about or they would have just ignored it uh, and never said a word. Right. So if they don't leave it on the market and they discredit you, it's true. If they don't and they ignore you, it's because they don't give a crap that you're telling people about it because it has nothing to do with anything that is true that is in any way important for people to know. So that's what you have to realize. If you claim something and you have a picture of something and it gets shut down and you get threatened by the government, it's because you were too close and you were telling people something they didn't want other people to know about. Okay. Otherwise, they just ignore you. They wouldn't give a crap if you're saying, this here's a UFO, one of them things there was in that place in Roswell, uh, uh, Jamaica. And and this is one of them alien things that was in there. And here he is talking to me and we's having a conversation because I'd be educated. If, if, they don't, if that's nowhere near reality in any way, they'll just leave that on the internet and not give a shit. Okay. It's the stuff that they that is way too close to reality, like what was just happening here. My camera and microphone decided to uh, screw up at that moment and hasn't since, didn't before. I'm just saying you can say it's a coincidence. You can use that word. That's a word that people use when they're afraid or they have nothing to, to combat or to dispute anything. And then, then the other thing they use is there is no definitive proof, and then they just say whatever it is that they're trying to disprove. There is no definitive proof that, that vitamin C helps you to get over COVID at all. There is no definitive proof that vitamin C even is a thing. There's no definitive proof that Jesus Christ ever existed. There's no definitive proof that, and that's that's the conversation that people have. Or it's anecdotal at best. That's the other thing that the, the intelligent uh, people who went to Ivy League say. Well, it's anecdotal at best. That means that what you're saying is hitting too close to home and they're trying to make you look foolish. If they're trying to make you look foolish in any way, it's because you're on to something. Otherwise, they'll just ignore you and not even answer you. When you make a wild allegations and accusations, they'll go, okay, whatever, let's move on. And, or they'll go, so what was I saying? They'll just ignore you. But when they turn and look at somebody and go, oh, you're so dumb, you wouldn't know your butthole from your mother's butthole. Right, because they think that's really cool when you're when you're like a, a brainiac that went to uh, the Ivy League colleges. They think that shit's funny, right? You wouldn't know if you were your mother or yourself. That's how dumb you are. That's why I love that show, Resident Alien. If you guys have not seen that comedy, Resident Alien, you need to watch it because he is so hilarious because he's not human and he's not mature. 
because he's gotten into a human body and he's like a child in the body and his psyche and he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions and his ego. So kids are able to outwit him. It's hilarious. And so everything that he does, he's learning and he's becoming more and more human as he's in the body, right? But he's having trouble and he doesn't get it. And he's thinking to himself, his ego's talking. I love it. There were, it's a great comedy. It's hilarious because that's because you he's super intelligent, but he has no idea what it means to be a human and have an ego. And so the ego is in there and he's like, he doesn't understand that this, this that that's not him. It's freaking, I love that show. It's funny. You should watch it if you have never seen it. Okay. Let's continue, and hopefully we won't get taken off the air. I bet I'm already down. It says I'm still on Twitter, but who knows, right? All right, here we go. These are the bases of your peoples, very numerous and, as we have said, potentially destructive. 8.4 Questioner, where do the people who operate these craft come from? Are they affiliated with any nation on Earth? What is their source? R.A. These people come from the same place as you or I. They come from the Creator. As you intend a question, in its shallower aspect, these people are those in your and other selves' governments responsible for what you would term national security. Sorry, Froggy just then. They do that. I don't know why. The more I pause it, the more I play and pause, play and pause, it does that. So that's why I'm trying to kind of let it play. But as you would intend the question, it is. It is shallower, and it's shallower, shower, excuse me, let me start over. In its, sh there it goes. See, it's crashing. <laughs> I'll have to restart that, right? Gotta love it. Okay, so that way I'm going to restart it. So I apologize. See, I told you the more I pause it, the more I do this, the more it's going to uh, drop. So give me a second here, and I'll reboot this thing, and we'll get it back up. Um, so... You have to you have to realize yeah, he's literally saying they are part of the governmental systems of the earth. So the people who run these, the people who are flying these are, in fact, part of the military industrial complex uh, that is around the world. Right. That is on the earth. Now I'm going to have to find the place where we were at. Let me reshare it here. And we'll see if it if it stays or if it crashes. I'm definitely a Peter was reminding me again. I told you. You need to get a new program, right? <laughs> so let me, let me, okay, so it, it's back in full screen. Let me go over there and, and the place where we were at, right? Uh, let's see. What question were we on? Your people, space time present, technology achievements that we'd call craft of flying. Yes, okay, so we're right here at this one. Bases vary, right? Uh, you would call them undersea. Right, so it's the next question or the second part of that question. That's where we are right there. Okay, so we'll start it right here, right? And let me close this again. I apologize for everything. that I knew it was going to be like this just because of the content of what I what we were going to be talking about here. I knew it was going to go just like this. So let me... As you intend a question in its shallower aspect, these people are those in your and other selves' governments responsible for what you would term national security. 8.5 Questioner, am I to understand then that the United States has these craft in undersea bases? R.A., I am R.A. You are correct. 8.6 Questioner, how did the United States learn of the technology to build these land inaudible? 
RA, IMRA. There was a mind slash body slash spirit complex known to your people by the vibratory sound complex, Nikola. This entity. Nick Tesla. Okay. Nikola Tesla. And who was it that went into the vault of Nikola Tesla and got and his and his everything and got all of his equipment for the federal government at the time? Show of hands. Anybody know? Right? Yeah, I know. It's getting staticky because I keep moving it around. So hopefully you can hear me. So Nikola and Nikola Tesla and all of his information. And who was the person who went by order of the federal government, who was working for the federal government at the time, that went and gathered up all their stuff? Donald Trump's uncle. That's right, Peter. I knew you'd know. Donald Trump's uncle. Okay. So that's why when people say, well, he's just, you know, he's a, a he's the cabal. Well, he, his family is. Yeah, my family is. Okay. But that doesn't mean that I am. Most of my family have fought against it. Like the Kennedys. Differences. They killed the Kennedys. My family ran. They tried to kill us. My family ran and hid and changed our last name. And I'm not afraid of them. Whereas everybody else in my family stays away from it. In fact, my own family uh, don't even uh, unfriend me on Facebook. I have two of my four. More than people think he's a Donald Trump's also not stupid. They always look to the president's an idiot. When you come to president of the United States, you do not have an IQ. Even, even the moron that's the president doesn't have a... Over and over and over again. Can't hear me at all again? Is that what you're saying? Test, microphone test, 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 and speaker test. Okay. Okay, it says that I'm good. It's me moving around. That's the, what the problem is. I got to stay, I got to stop doing that and keep grabbing the microphone. The problem, I'm going to have to start wearing the lapel mic. I did that last time when I was doing this. I had the lapel mic on and I would just take it off. And I would just uh, and I would just stick it in between the speakers and then pull it back. I'm gonna have to start doing that. Just make sure I have extra batteries in case it dies. So next week I'll be on the lapel mic, uh, and I'll use that. And that's a far better microphone, and it won't cut out. Yeah. See. Okay. So I apologize, guys. And that's that's just because I don't know why. It, maybe it's because I have something touching the wires over here. That happens sometimes. Let me check the wiring. All right, can you hear me? I just screwed with the wiring, so it might be that I have no microphone. Let me know. Okay, so as soon as I, again, again, as soon as, thank you, Casey. Again, can you hear me now? Well, tell me that you can hear me now, so I know that you guys can hear me. Again, as soon as I was going to tell you something that I shouldn't be telling, according to the cabal, again, at that particular moment, my microphone cut out. And now my microphone's perfect because I'm no longer tagging algorithms. Think about this, guys. 
I didn't believe any of this. I always thought shadow banning was bullshit for years. And about seven years ago, it started happening to me. And before that, I was like, okay, you guys are just smoking too much pot. Right? I was, I was, but the truth is, as soon as I mentioned that and started telling you about that, my microphone cut out again. I'm not doing this to try and be theatrical, guys. I'm not doing this honestly. I swear to God. I wish I had a, I'm going to start recording myself recording. So you guys can see what I go through behind the stage here when I have a problem and I'm trying to fix it. So you guys know I didn't make it up. So literally when I'm trying to say things, they don't want me to have you say my microphone cuts out, my video cuts out, right? My internet's fine. I'm watching that, right? But the microphone, and I'm not moving and I'm trying not to move so that it doesn't cut out the microphone. And all of a sudden, when there's something I do, that they don't want me to have you guys knowing, all of a sudden it, 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 the words cut out. Right. Yeah. They don't want the word out. All right. So Donald Trump's uncle was uh, was the person. There was there was a lot of start technology that we had because of, of his knowing of talking about Nikola Tesla about three, six and nine, which, to be honest with you, the. I saw my, I saw the 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 buffing on my on my end on my cursor, and I was wondering if it if it happened. Testing one two. The microphone did cut out right then completely. Speakers are working. But I had to actually reacquire the microphone just then. See, again, <laughs> when you said that, you said it's not working at all. Right? And then I went and I went back. You just opened up the. As I said, Donald, yeah, as soon as I said DT, right? Okay, well, I'm going to stop going down that road because each time I'm doing it, now it's happening. Okay, so I'm not going to do that right now until I get the, the, for some reason, they're jumping on it. And it's probably because I'm live on Twitter. So I have that algorithm up my ass uh, this time, right? So they're so they're on it uh, more because I'm live on Twitter and not just on on Google. Uh, so that's craziness, right? Okay, so I'm not going to go down that road, but you guys know what I was saying. So let's go ahead and continue here. Departed the illusion, and the papers containing the necessary understandings were taken by mind slash body slash spirit complexes serving your security of national divisional complex. Thus, your people became privy to the basic technology. In the case of those mind slash body slash spirit complexes, which you call Russians, the technology was given from one of the Confederation in an attempt, approximately 27 of your years ago, to share information and bring about peace among your peoples. The entities giving this information were in error, but we did many things at the end of this cycle in attempts to aid your harvest from which we learned the folly of certain types of aid. That is a contributing factor to our more cautious approach at this date, even as the need is power upon power greater, and your people's call is greater and greater. Eight. Okay, hopefully my microphone's not cutting out now because I just kind of picked it up and jerked it around. But, so 20 years prior... <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> so somewhere in the 
in the uh, in the fifties, late fifties. That was when the Russians all of a sudden uh, made advancements and 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 uh, got to the moon and you know, or got to space before we did, but not the moon. Somebody in the Confederation decided to help, and at the same time in the sixties, oddly enough, on the television show Star Trek, they had an episode where uh, one of their spaceships landed on a planet where it was a parallel planet or parallel reality to uh, the United States and Russia. And the, and there was a nuclear war happened uh, at, between the United States and Russia, and they found that the Russians had the upper hand. So the guys that were there were, in fact, Americans. So they were helping with their technology, which goes against the prime directive helping the uh, Americans fight against the Russians, and it was called Balance of Power. And when uh, when Kirk and, and Spock and those guys showed up and saw what was happening, and they tried to stop them, and they got in a fight with their own people, and eventually they tipped the scale and helped the Russians so that they became equal, and then they stopped the whole thing so that they were equal and, and got back to a Cold War, right? Oh, yes. Okay. And let's go down that road. Right. So. So you had somebody in the in the, and then we'll go down the road of of harvest. So we had someone because that's actually very important. It is very important. Uh, it is most important. In fact, all of this is happening because of that word. So. You had somebody in the Confederation who believed and they went against. And this is why now the Confederation is in complete lockdown. This is why we have people boots on the ground here to stop that from happening just like now politically you have the cabal now that they have nukes again you have them trying to get us into a nuclear war to to kill off most of the people if not everyone on the face of the earth so that they can shut everybody up that's not going to happen we won't let that happen just like in the 90s when they tried it that will cease they will not have the ability to do that they will not be able to do that Okay, just so you guys know, in case you're watching the news and you're like getting scared, going, oh, my God, this is like as bad as it was in the in the 80s uh, when Reagan was in there and we were all going to get nuked or worse, man, because everybody thinks that now is worse than it ever was before, which it's not. I was alive in the 80s. I know what it was like when we were two minutes to midnight. I know what it was like when we were 30 seconds to midnight on the doomsday clock. Right now, we're like 15 minutes to midnight. We're nowhere near uh, two minutes to midnight. You guys have no idea what it, what that's like, uh, those of you who were not alive then. Okay. So, so literally, somebody in the Confederation tipped the balance to try thinking they were going to do the same thing and help people. And, of course, it did not. And, and literally right after that, Five years later, there was a television program, a Star Trek that came out, uh, season two or season, I think season two. They came out with the Balance of, of Power uh, show episode, and it, it dealt with that literally. And from that point on, they that was when they invented what they called the Prime Directive and introduced the Prime Directive into the television show. And that became the law of the land for that universe from that point on and to this day. Okay. The prime directive says you cannot interfere with the natural evolution of any sentient race, period. In any way, you have to blend in. They can never know that you are that you have technology above theirs or that you come from a different place other than a different country or a different city or a different place on their planet in their technology. And that and that forever 
had them dressing up and even changing their looks through, uh, you know, prosthetics and things like that to make them look like natives. Uh, and they would took uh, painstaking time to do so. Okay, this happens in real life, and it did. Raw came here. They screwed up. That's the reason why everybody's caught. That's a perfect segue into the harvest that, Casey, you were asking about. Okay, Raw got us stuck. Their people got us stuck. And then other people that are that's in the Confederation, not on the Council, but in the Confederation. Remember I told you there's a Confederation of Planets and a Council, so there's a Council of Venus and a Council of Saturn. Okay, and uh, some of them are not exactly as um, learned. You have to realize that not everybody's perfect. So even in the fourth and the fifth and the in part of the sixth, forever really, we're not a hundred percent sentient or or godlike. We're not benevolent. Okay, so we still make mistakes. So somebody in the Confederation made a mistake and helped the Russians, and that screwed things up. And we're in the in the problem that we're in now. The same thing happened with the Chinese. You just don't know about that. Okay. So the same thing happened with them to, for all of this stuff. So the Germans had interference from the Draco. The Americans had interference from the Draco and from the Blue Avians uh, and the Greys and, uh, and, and the Draco, right? So you have all of these countries on the planet that are having people that live on this planet, or I should say in this planet, uh, helping them as well. Because they because they all want something. They're all they all have agendas. Okay, how did all of that affect us? That got everybody stuck. What does that mean? That means that that nobody is graduating like they're supposed to and moving up or on from the third dimensional, third density life. Okay, now that gets to the word harvest and what that means. Okay, everything in nature. The entire universe itself is perfection. Everything has a cyclical nature. Do you understand what that means? A cyclical nature, something that is cyclical, means it has a repetition that is absolute. Okay, so if you have a military weapon, let's use that for an example, because most people for some reason understand that. If you have a military weapon that is a machine gun that has a cyclic rate, it fires a certain amount of bullets per second per second. And it fires that steadily at that rate of speed forever until you stop firing. But even when you stop firing, it stops firing at that exact rate of speed. When the same thing plays out when you have, uh, uh, in fact, uh, the, even back when we had prop planes and you had machine guns that fired and the machine guns weren't uh, necessarily on the wings uh, in the older jet uh, uh, airplanes. They had a single prop. The machine guns were right behind the propeller. How did those bullets make it through that propeller and never hit the propeller ever? Because it had a cyclic rate and it was completely synchronized to the propeller engine so that every time those bullets fired, they would never hit a propeller. Do you understand that? That's the tech, that, That's what a cyclic rate is. Now, the universe itself has a cyclic rate. Everything in the universe happens. All of the, the stuff, like say our seasons, our seasons happen exactly at the same time. The only difference is uh, on this planet, because the planet is 32 degrees off plumb, 32 degrees tilted off of its uh, off of its perfect axis 
Okay, because of that, our seasons are slightly changed because our orbit is slightly off from where it's supposed to be. If we write the planets uh, uh, a nexus or or pitch and yaw, and get it back to zero point, the cyclic rate of our nature changes drastically. We will never have a winter. We will never have a summer. It'll always be a spring time. We won't have all the four seasons like we have now. We'll only have that at the poles. So you'll have them, but they'll be stationary. When you go north, as you go away from the equator, you will literally see the landscape change to a fall-like atmosphere and then to a uh, you know autumn, fall, winter. And then when you get back towards the equator, it becomes the summer. And when you go past the equator and head to the south, the same thing. It doesn't happen to where you have all the seasons. That's the that's the utopia. That's when it is the the uh, what they called the the uh, uh, Garden of Eden, the Goldilocks zone for our planet. What does all this have to do with the harvest? Okay, so on every planet there is a cyclical nature to the race of whatever is living there in whatever vibratory octave that the people are in. Right. Will, will we ever see that in our lifetime? We, there's Most of us are hoping, yes. We are moving back towards that, uh, Denise. The, the human race, uh, if you go back to 2,000 years ago and before that, we were the furthest away from, uh, from the light that you could possibly imagine. And we are now swinging back towards the light. That's why there's more peace. There's more people that are more love-minded and peace-minded, even though the news will try and tell you that it's the opposite. Okay, The news wants you to believe that we are in the worst shape the human race has ever seen. That is the biggest lie that was ever told. Okay, Right now, we have it better on this planet than we have in the history of the human race residing on this planet. We live longer. We're eating better. We're healthier. We're more peaceful. And you have people fighting against that because men are becoming uh, less violent. And so they're saying, oh, well, it's the government taking away your testosterone so that you're so that you all the men become women and they become pussies and they're easier to control. That's the ego. And that's people that are evil that are saying that or misguided people. The truth is the reason that everybody is becoming less aggressive is because everyone is becoming less aggressive. We are moving away from the masculine war energy and we're we're literally crossing over the Bakhtun 12 was Mars, which is the god of war, the energy of war. Bakhtun 13 is the energy of love, that is the 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 age of Aquarius. That is the feminine, nurturing, caring, loving energy, the other half of the kundalini that we need to learn. You always learn the aggressive first. You don't learn love and everything as a species and then move into war to get the balance. You go through the warlike energy and then you find love and you find the balance, not between good and evil, not the, the, the balance between light and dark, not the balance between... Uh, between masculine and feminine, although it is in some respects, you in the in the in the uh, the spiritual set it means that, which also manifests in the physical. So then you're going to have people that are going to be less violent 
So yeah, is that meaning that the the testosterone level of the of the male uh, of the species is going to be less? Yeah. Why? Because he's going to be less warlike. Do you understand? So you have people that are fighting against that. Men need to be men. They need to get back to the way they were. Right? They don't know that they're being led, they're being talked to in their ear by some negative energy. Okay? I'm not saying that all men should become uh, asexual or, or become a, a hermaphrodite or, or have a sex change. That's what they'll have you believe they're trying to do to all men. Trying to turn them all into women. Well, men need to be a little bit more like women. Well, women also need to be a little bit more like men. What's happening is, if you look, you're having women that are becoming more aggressive than they were before. Women were, were stifled and kept quiet. All of this, uh, uh, Casey, has to do with the harvest, okay? So know that I'm not uh, just off on a tangent here. You'll, you'll understand that. So as we were supposed to have already learned this stuff, so women are becoming more aggressive, men are becoming uh, less, less aggressive as we start to meet in the middle of, of so that we have men that are not quite women and women that are not quite men. Do you understand? But you're going to have a little bit of both. You have you're get, we're getting the balance of the feng shui, the balance of the of the uh, yin and yang. Okay, and that's what the way it's supposed to be. So women have have uh, uh, utilized their energy to soften the men, and the men are starting to harden some of the women so that it becomes a natural balance. Because you have to have both, and if you're polarized to the extreme, right, you you still have both. There's never a time when we don't have both. Everything is what it is 100% at all times. It's just a matter of where the balance goes. Are they to the extremes, outsides, or are they into the center? They've been to the, to the extreme left and right, or the extreme light and dark, or the extreme aggression and non-aggression, uh, war and peace. Hence the book, and that entire book was, was teaching you that. If you read the book and don't just see it as a political thing, or see it as that, what you see, you see it for what they were trying to teach you. They're trying to show you war and peace and the middle ground. When you when when everybody arrives in the middle ground, men and women. So that's what's happening now. So we went through a time when everything was, and this is a natural progression of all cultures. It doesn't matter if you're human or what. If you're in the third dimensional, third density all cultures it's designed that way in its cyclical nature of the universe the spiral dance that is the universe is cyclical and that is the three six and nine and that is where it goes outward 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 only for a certain distance and then it goes inward 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 to zero point casey perfect and that's the i love that you put the little bang there because that is the big bang that is the, the beginning and the end that is the alpha and the omega the zero point. That's why that was said the way it was said. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the zero point is what should have been said after that. But at that time, they wouldn't have understood that. <laughs> that is what the description is telling you. Okay. So everything goes outward to a certain point. And when it goes outward to the certain point, then it's then it's becoming more aggressive uh, right, and, that, and when it's away from the zero point, as far as it can get, that's warlike. And then when it comes back to the zero point, that's love, right? Love is in the center. Love is the opposite of the opposite of hate. So when you're completely away from the, the zero point and the balance, you are then aggressive. When you become back to the zero point, the closer you get to the zero point, the less aggressive you get. When you get to the zero point, it's the perfect balance of light and darkness, the purple ba perfect balance of 
the yin and the yang of evil and good. Okay. And that's the, the three, six, and nine. Three plus three equals six, plus three equals nine, plus nine equals 12. Do you understand? And the nine is the hex boson that makes the figure eight. That's why the nine and the eight should be switched, but they're not. And the reason for that is because you have to go past, you have to go past perfection to see perfection and then come back to perfection. So you have to go all the way out and then all the way in. And then you find that the balance is in between those two, and that's the zero point. Okay. So the natural progression of the of the species is that we were supposed to go back inward to where we are currently about 125,000 years ago. So there is a cyclical nature to where there is a probability possibility. Here I go talking like raw, a possibility probability of a harvest. So what the time, what the harvest is, is at the end of a cycle, because there are perpetuating cycles, like I said before, there is a cycle of the, of say here on this planet, the human race, and all these souls come through, but every, you have to remember that every single second of every single day, all across the world, new souls are coming in for the very first time. And every second of every single day, old souls are going out for, at the exact same time. Okay, so there is a window, large windows, which they call the harvest, where the energy, because it's at the end of a cyclical nature, just like the octaves of moving from the first to the second to the third to the fourth to the fifth to the sixth to the seventh and so on. When you get to the end of a learning cycle, same thing when you're here, then there's a possibility that you can graduate to make it. More so, it's the same. Here's the microcosm to the macrocosm. You go through school from what? Grade one, from zero to grade one to grade what? 12. And then you graduate and go to what? Go from grade school to college, the next octave of your learning. Do you understand? And there's that number again, 12. So the cyclical nature of the universe is playing out in our educational system where we're mirroring the educational system of the human race and how long it takes approximately 11 to 12 generations or reincarnations for you to learn everything that you need to learn to graduate as a spirit, as a soul. So, so what happens is, then there's the natural buildup where it, 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 12 generations, sometimes 24 generations, right? Sometimes 36 generations, depending on how close you are to the warlike energy and how close you are to the love-like energy. And we have been predominantly on the warlike side. So the one, so what happens is the harvesting time period is a longer distance away. Do you see? So what happens is just like nature all dies at a certain time when winter happens, not all of it 100%, but some, most. And then in spring, there's this, the reason we call it spring is this springing forward of, of, of all animal and all life form breeding. And starting life anew. Again, the microcosm to the macrocosm. 
that is the cyclical nature of the universe. So the energy perpetuates with a group of souls, hundreds of thousands of souls that are ready to graduate. And they may not necessarily jump off on their own. Do you understand? And if the energy of the of the place, like this place, is stuck, it's hard for someone by themselves to graduate. So a backup system to the cyclical nature of the universe so that the individual who may not be strong enough to graduate when they're capable because of outside influences, that is what has happened on this planet that is making people uh, taking control of the matrix and not allowing you to find your way to graduating or to, to harvesting. There's this natural progression in the universe where the energy builds up and allows people an easier time if they've already been ready to graduate but haven't been able to do it on their own because all the negative energy is keeping them in place, they have what is called the harvest, harvesting time, where the energy is ripe for hundreds of thousands, if not millions, or in our case, billions of people to be able to all get harvested at the same time and help each other with their energy to do so. So there's a natural harvest, which is a 75,000-year cycle. In case people get stuck in some way, and a lot of times it's, in most of the time, if the entire species is not stuck, what happens is you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, say 100,000 every, every year, or, or you have two or three every second, or two or three every hour, that would die and be able to graduate and move on, when you also have the replenishing of the same stock coming in and for the first time being aware of, of themselves and, and then graduating into human form on this planet. But then you would have people that would, can, can make it, but they, but they just don't have that within them. They're afraid or they're not sure and they need a little bit of help. So the natural uh, cyclical nature of the universe it was set up so that they wouldn't have to send people like myself to come back in time or to come back in vibratory pattern and be born into a third dimensional body to assist. Well, yes. Okay. In essence, Casey said, so you're saying the harvest is when a group of souls are ready to graduate. A window opens of energy for them all to help one another finally leave their earth cycle. Yes. Okay. And when that does not work, that is when a when the harvest doesn't work, that is when the people of that vibratory pattern, humans on this planet, have usurped the natural order of the universe in some way by nefariousness, evil-minded evil people taking control of the the narrative and not allowing people to find the door or the keys to the door to to graduate in which case they're also keeping everyone's energy so low that the natural the natural cyclical nature of the harvest energy doesn't reach you because you're not vibrating at a high enough level to feel the influence that is what has happened here so every harvest 
and harvest time that is naturally occurring on this earth has been usurped, has been stifled from the humans feeling that in, that energy for more than 127,000 years. Okay? And because of that, your soul that is living here calls out for help to your higher self, which is halfway through the sixth dimension, sixth density, and says, I need help. So your higher self says, uh-oh, something's wrong. There's a call. And then that call goes out backwards the other direction. So you have energy that's coming out and energy that's coming in. So both of those pulses hit people somewhere in between the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. And then those people who want to help, wanderers, they become wanderers. Then they say, I need to go there and help. So when they end their cycle of life, wherever they are at the time, whenever they are at the time, they, instead of taking care of themselves and moving up or moving on or redoing uh, the life that they need to do because they're still learning something, they then leave and head towards the place where people are, are uh, stuck. And always there's a council that is always set up everywhere that quarantines a place that helps. And you go to that council and say, I wish to, to enter. I wish to come here to help. Uh, I want to, uh, to volunteer to come in legally, be born there, and to change the, the energy vibratory pattern. And again, see, you have to get mind wiped because of the prime directive. You don't get to know why you're there, just like no one else does. So you, don't, so you are born the same way. The difference is because of light and darkness, there's nefariousness on the planet that is keeping people against the will of the natural cyclical nature of the universe. Therefore, wanderers get to come through with abilities to augment and counterbalance the nefarious evilness that is being done to the human race. Do you see? And what the evil people were doing was murdering those people, identifying them, murdering them, and then identifying them and trying to recruit them, which is what happened to me. They didn't kill me, but they tried. First, they tried to recruit me for about 20 years, and then they tried to kill me for 20 years. Not a joke. Okay? And that's what's happened here. So the natural harvesting time where the energy of the universe has happened several, several, several times over and over on this planet and out of out of the last 100,000 years 125,000 years one one actually no it was 37 37 but one actually moved on and that was Abraham Lincoln when the walk in uh, uh, gave him a pass and he agreed to it and he got to go no one else has left this planet because every single person who is capable and has broken out and said, wow, I can, I can now graduate, has looked back and went, oh, I need to help them, and has returned. Every single soul on this planet that is not evil. Evil people are stuck here just like everybody else. Okay? 
but some of the evil are making it. So there's the thing. There's more evil people getting off this rock than good people. In the last 125,000 years, only one good soul has left this planet. Everybody else has returned every single time they've had the opportunity. I'm not going to tell you the number of how many evil people have. Let's just say that the ones that were really evil, like Genghis Khan, have made it. Rasputin. Not Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler wasn't actually evil. Adolf Hitler was not as evil as everybody made him out to be. He was he was on drugs. They doped him up. And then he was just being affected that way. Okay? So he's in the in the healing place right now, confused, because he didn't realize that what he was doing was evil because he was doped up all the time. That's that's I, I would love to paint him as evil. I've read his book and I thought he was crazy. And uh, you know, when people say, if you had an opportunity to go back in time, would you assassinate Hitler? And I uh, growing up was like, yes, in a second. Okay. So I'm not defending Adolf Hitler. I'm not some crazy Nazi. I'm not some uh, white Aryan that believes the Aryan race should be in charge. And I also don't believe in the in the South will rise again. Okay. Because I don't buy into that religion at all. Do you understand? So I'm not defending that. So Denise says, so past lives are because we decided to come back to help. Or is that different? Both. Both. Your past lives happen, first of all, you have between 7 and 12. It takes 7 to 12 lifetimes for you to learn everything. Here's that number 7 again, by the way. Right? 7 and 12. It takes between 7 and 12, usually 10 to 11 lifetimes for people to learn what they need to learn anyways. So that's an actually long time because the way it used to be right now, everybody's coming back through, like when they die, they're back on the planet in months, less than, you know, a few years, not a joke. It used to be that when you died, you didn't get to come back for a hundred years. That was the normal cyclical nature. If I died today, my soul would not be in a human body for a hundred years. So one lifetime wasn't just a hundred years. It was at least or close to 200 years per lifetime or for total because you would be born, you would live. But back then, you have to remember, you would only live until the average life expectancy, the average age of the average person in America at the time of the, declaration, the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence was like 17 years old. The life expectancy was 27. Okay, so you only lived about 30 years. If you were lucky, you lived into your 50s. Right. So when you died, you wouldn't come back through in six months because you might come back through and remember your father. Remember, be born and be old enough to see your wife when she's in her 30s. Or your husband, or your brother and your sister. Do you see? So because people come through as a family most of the time, and sometimes you go a different lifetime with different people and then the next lifetime with the same people, you come in and out of each other's lives. That's really complicated. And I could spend a long time talking about that. I'm not going to. So because of that, you would you would not come back until 100 years after your own death, because then everybody that was in your family at the time, including your children, would be dead. So when you came back through, you'd all end up coming back through in a natural order again, where you could end up, you know, with a soul. And this is where people get uh, kind of freaked out because somebody who you're with now could have been your grandchild in your past life. Could have been your father or your mother in your in your past life. Okay, so you have to realize that that that's that's kind of freaky to people because you think in the human sense of now, and you're like, oh my god, I could be having sex with my own brother. Yeah, you could also be having sex with your own wife and your own mother and your own father and your own brother. 
but they were you were all different people and you came through completely different okay and so when you you came through in different aspects now and then my my thing's buffing again hopefully you guys can hear me let me know i just saw my cursor buff and the last time it did that my microphone dropped so if you, if you can't hear me in a second, you'll tell me. But if you can, please tell me that you can. I know there's like a 35 to 45 second window. I'm going to go ahead and go into my settings and make sure that it is, in fact, working. But go ahead and let me know uh, either way. Okay. Testing. One, two, one, two. It says my microphone's working. Let's check the things. Speakers are working. So that says it's working. Okay. So I saw it buff. And as soon as I saw it buff, I was like, oh, crap. So. So you have to realize that after, so so one life, say you live to be 50 years old and then you died 100 years later, you get to come back and you're born. That's 150 years from the time you came in to begin with. Do you understand? So so lifetimes were, and then when you had these people that lived for a thousand years, think about that. If you go back in time and people are like, oh, they just calculated time different. No, 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 they didn't. They lived for a very long time. So if you live to be a thousand years old, how long do you have to be off the earth before you can come back in so you don't meet your own people? Do you see? When we were, you have to also remember this, okay? The life expectancy of the species is directly related to the spirituality and vibratory pattern of the species. The more warlike a species is, the shorter the life expectancy becomes. Why? Because everybody's murdering each other. So you have a, a, a higher probability of dying younger. Life becomes harder because it's warlike. So you have less people working out. You have less people uh, farming. You have less people making technology. You have less people spending time being spiritual. So everything happens very quickly and everyone lives in the now. So there was a time on this earth when we weren't so violent and we lived for thousands of years. So when you died, it would take a thousand years before you got to come back. So the natural order, if a place is not super violent, of a 75,000-year cycle is about seven and a half lifetimes. Think about that. Okay? So your cycles are set up for people that are not violent. And then when they become violent, it's easier for them to become stuck because you end up living 70 lifetimes instead of seven. Do you understand? And if you don't become less violent, it just continues. So you have to go away from the violence and back towards the, the, the light or the love. And as you do that, you start living longer. So if you look at in, in uh, 1776, the average life expectancy was about 27 to 30 years of age for both men and women. Now the life expectancy is in the 80s and 90s. Why is that? Because we're less warlike, more peaceful, more loving, more caring now than we were then. Do you see? So the harvest is the natural cyclical nature of the life expectancy in a perfect world. Occam's razor. When everything is perfect, right, then the most simple uh, uh, mathematical equation is always the right answer. Straight line. Quickest place from two points is a straight line. Okay? So when it's not applied to a murder, right? If, if there's a murder and the wife's murder, chances are it's the husband. Well, that's usually the case. The other way around, too. If a, if a man's murdered 
and it looks like the wife did it. Occam's razor says when all things are equal, the wife probably did it. So the wife becomes suspect number one, and the same thing happens, the man and the husband becomes suspect number one. Usually it turns out to be that way. That's why it's called Occam's razor. It cuts on both sides, cuts both ways, and there is no room for error in that. Okay. So that's what we're up against. And and thank you, Casey. I'm glad that I made that point for you. So that's what we're up against. So the harvest is the natural time. Let's let's recant really quickly and then we'll move on back into raw. Harvest is the natural cyclical nature, and then that is determined by whether it works well, by where everybody is in the evolutionary standard of the kundalini energy, that energy which is positive and negative, warlike and love-like. The more it's balanced, the more that cyclical nature works. What we're here to do is to put that nature back on balance. We're here to put it back in the right place. So to get back to Denise, by doing that, let me go back to Denise when she said, when I was talking about 32 degrees off of, off of plump. And that's the reason we were, and this is why we have a wobble now. Everyone's like, oh, no, that just happened because this meteor came by and it flipped the earth over on its axis and flipped it back up. All of that is cosmically ordained. So the earth is wobbling right now because it was knocked off its evil axis. And now it's starting to right itself. When you take a top, if it's winding down, it gets wobbly and falls over. But if that top is winding and keeps, and keeps the right uh, speed and becomes the right speed again, what will it do? It will automatically right itself. That's the centrifugal force and centrifugal nature. That's the cyclical nature of the universe. If any of you have ever taken a physics class or been in one of those classes where the guy had the, the, the bicycle wheel with the two handles and he was spinning it in one direction and told you to try and put it upright when it was laying flat and you grab it with both hands and he spins it and you go to put it upright and it gives you all kinds of resistance. But when it gets past that, what we call seminal point, that point of no return, where it fights against the nature of the universe, but yet passes that and, going, and it's going to upright itself, it becomes super easy to get upright. And the other way around to get it back flat. That cyclical nature that is in between the two energy points of zero point and, and you know, uh, in that case, 90 degrees, right? 90 degrees flat shows you the cyclical nature of the universe and that's why they show that when they when you have a physics, physics class or a science class. And that's what they're trying to get across to you. It's just most of the time people don't see that. They go, wow, that's cool, dude. Well, but you don't realize what they're showing you is the microcosm to the macrocosm, which is the energy of the universe. So what's happening to the Earth is the same thing. Yes, there was a force of nature that, that flipped the Earth on its axis and then it came back up. That was done because it was sitting at 32 degrees off plumb for about 150,000 years, 175,000 years. Okay, so it needed something, and that was at a time, and if you go back, when did that happen? That was about 75,000 years ago. Wait a minute. Does that mean that, what, 75, 74 to 75,000 years is the, is the cyclical nature of a harvest? Oh, but no, but that, that didn't happen then because the Romans were around then, so it was in a different time. Okay, but things started changing. 
And then in that time, about five to 10,000 years ago, and I would wager it was more like 12,000 years ago, when the Romans wrote down, wait, it couldn't have been that far back because the Romans didn't exist then. Well, how do you know that there wasn't another cyclical society that the Romans evolved from and that that writing is, in fact, from scrolls that existed prior to this time? Everybody assumes that our history was in this time. I know for a fact, and you can look it up in the Colburn Bible, I know for a fact there are scrolls that exist that talk about three times ago. Three, And then when I say that, I mean the cyclical nature that is the destruction of the human race. Three lifetimes ago of the human race, not three lifetimes ago, so it's not like 3,000 years ago, three entire human races ago. Scrolls that still exist from that time. And the Aborigines in Australia remember six before this, which means somewhere somebody wrote it down and it was teaching it. And the, and we still have memory of it on this planet. Six. We're in the seventh cycle of the human race that we know of. Chances are, there is none because when you get into the eighth octave, eight generations, it is a completely different octave. It's the beginning of the next octave. So we are in seven. That means that by the nature of the universe, the human race that is existing on this planet will write itself in this generation. Not, not necessarily our generation that we're living in right now, but we're hoping so. So we have to get the word out to people more and more and more to get people less and less evil, less and less uh, warlike, and more and more peace-like. Because the more that happens, the faster our entire species will right itself. And that is directly related, getting back to Denise's question, Denise, it is directly related to the vibration that is having the Earth off kilter by 32 degrees. Just like the moon being where it is and the gravitational pull, because the gravitational pull of a planet is directly related to the spirituality of the people that are existing on it, in it, and above it. The more spiritual they become or the more towards the light they go, the denser the gravitational pull, but it happens so gradually no one notices it. And in which case we repel. That's why the moon is slowly moving away from the earth. <clears throat> because as we write ourselves, as below, so above, so too does the planet write itself. And as the planet writes itself and gets back to zero point, we will no longer need the moon's gravitational pull to keep our ecosystem working properly. So the moon has to move away from us at the same rate of speed that we're riding ourselves to zero point and get further and further away so that it has less and less effect on us. In that transitional place, you're going to have a little bit of upheaval. You never notice that word? Upheaval, right? Upheaval, upheaval, upheaval. 
of energies. Why? Because as the moon is moving away or being pushed away from us, we are taking control of the nature of the earth. And it is by our account, if we want the earth to stay with all the four seasons, they'll still be here. You just have to go to them instead of having them come to you. So if you want to see fall, you can go to a place that's going to be perpetually fall all the time. For those people who love living in the snow, they can still do it. For those people who love living at the beach, they can still do it. For those people who love living in springtime, they can still do it. Because they'll all be there. You'll just have to go north and south away from the equator to find them. Do you see? We won't have to worry about changing our clocks forwards or backwards because the time zones will go north to south and south to north instead of left to right or however you want to put it around the planet. Uh, in in uh, Peter, uh, I think it's because it, it was written by uh, Homer. So it's one of Homer's books that that talks about that. Homer's the one that put that down. He was the one that put down just about everything. Homer is the it has most. So uh, you guys would have to look up Homer. Peter said, I can't remember the name of the book. It speaks of no moon in our solar system. Uh, the and the day the moon was. Uh, he says the system the daily moon was 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 pushed. Uh, so. There, yeah, the Romans have record of a time before there was a moon and a time when, and then they, they say, of course, that's why he was saying that, that the moon was pushed. The gods moved the moon into place. And in their mind, uh, the aliens that moved the moon into place were gods. That happened when Moldek, when the war happened on Moldek, and, and that was when uh, the Moldekians blew themselves up. And now we have the Kuiper Belt, which is what's left of their planet. The moon was a satellite in orbit that didn't come from there, by the way. It came from a place a long ways away in the Pleiadians, and it was a spaceship, space station that was moved there. It was part of the war that happened uh, on Moldek, and uh, that their engine got damaged, and they were just listlessly uh, in space now because their planet got blown up. Uh, but it was still uh, usable. And we needed something uh, to write our, because when that happened, that changed the course of, uh, knocked us off our axis because we became more warlike at the same time. Because there was a war that was going on uh, between the Earth and uh, Mars and Moldek and good and evil in the universe. Uh, and, uh, and, and that whole thing, that was, in a, that was seven generations ago, seven lifetimes ago, life cycles of the human race. I believe, I don't know, don't quote me, it might not have been seven, it could have been, from what I understand, it was actually three, okay? So it was about 127 to 150,000 years ago. And the, so Homer, who four and a half thousand years ago, Homer told the story. So Homer got a hold of the scrolls that talked about that and put it down to print and reprinted it for the world to see. So at the time, Alexandria was around and a few other uh, libraries that no one knows about. So the scrolls were there for people to read, okay? And Homer got a hold of those and started That's Most of the old philosophers, if you look closely at what they talk about, they talk about shit that they learned from other scrolls and books, okay? So, but I don't know the name of the book either, Peter, but I know that Homer would, was one that chronicled it. So when the Romans retold the story, it would have been Homer. And Homer was the one who taught the Iliad and, and a few other books. Right.
so okay so if we don't need the moon anymore will it always be uh light out or you know well okay no yes and no because you will no longer we, we will still have night and day because we'll still be rotating around okay and we'll still be rotating around the uh, around the sun okay so we're still going to have night and day the the moon isn't what causes nighttime to happen the rotation of the earth causes nighttime to happen the earth turns and and at one point you're looking at the sun and the same face that you're on moves to it's moving uh, counterclockwise or clockwise depending on if you're looking top down from the north or top down from the south um but for but because the the sun uh, rises in the east and sets in the west we're moving in a counterclockwise motion uh, uh, relative to uh, being above the equator uh, on the north american continent we are moving to the left uh, or or clockwise so we're heading uh, we're heading t uh, around towards the sun and then the sun uh, right say it's stationary and and we're moving to the left and then the sun looks like it goes to our right and goes to the west okay so we're spinning in that direction so there'll always be night and day but there won't be like up in alaska uh there won't be those 30 you know uh, 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 30 days of darkness and 30 days of light you won't have the 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 twilight time for uh, a certain time and then the darkness for a certain time because we won't be tilted at 32 degrees so you won't have that part that won't change but it'll still go light and day light and day light and day but the days will be shorter in the north and and uh, longer in the south but we are also uh, also moving up and down people don't realize that we're not just in an orbit that is that is directly around the sun we're moving up above the sun and moving down below the sun and that's where we get our our winter uh in the north now and summer in the in the uh, uh south so in australia when it's summertime it's because we are uh, uh, north of the sun we're above the sun and the the planet is tilted so we're having more winter and and uh, then when we move lower the people in the south have a longer winter and we so that will still be the same so you'll still have that happening but you won't be too we won't be tilted 32 degrees towards the sun so the extremes won't be you won't have as much darkness and cold in the north and you won't have as much darkness and cold in the south but you also won't have as much heat uh in, in both areas as well okay so that you will have so you will have that it'll be definitive it'll be it'll be the same 12 12 and 12. you'll still have 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness but that will be everywhere on the planet the only place that it'll change is, is still in the winter time. The Earth will be above the sun, so you'll still have a little bit longer darkness in the north than you will in the south, and the vice versa. Do you understand? But yes, the stars will look brighter because you won't have the moon lighting up the sky because it'll be further away and it'll get smaller. Karen says that stars will look brighter, uh, maybe within the darkness around them. Yes, because the moon itself won't be reflecting the sun as bright because it won't be as close. And eventually, uh, the moon could be moved away, and we won't even need it. It won't have to stay in orbit. But it probably will. At, at some point, it'll go to a zero point. And then it'll be in a normal place for normal satellites around planets, where all the rest of them are. So it'll still be there, but it'll be high calf to size that it is today. Okay? And it'll even appear that. It'll appear to be small. It'll become a little speck in the sky compared to what it is now we have a full moon now what we call a harvest moon when it's real close it, that won't be it will never become that big again 
and yeah, the, the moon, uh, Karen says the moon, moon causes a lot of havoc, havoc. Uh, people like say, I am ruled by the moon. The gravitational pull of the moon uh, does does weird things to me, and I become restless. Uh, and that's where we talk about you know being a werewolf, and I become more restless and and uh, more active during a full moon in the opposite way during a, a new moon. That's why they say the new moon is the time of beginning, and the and the peak is because the peak energy is during the full moon, because the energy coming off of the of the full moon itself uh, affects people on the planet. Right, and they they understood things a little bit more than they than people realize. Okay. No, you didn't ask it. There is no silly question. Denise said, "Oh yeah, that's right. I asked a silly question. There are no silly questions. There's never a silly question. There's not even silly people asking questions. Every question is valid, and it's just it's just people that are run by ego that will tell you that's a silly question. There's never a silly question. And if anybody ever says, "Oh, that's a silly question," That's somebody that's being ruled by ego and they're offended that you're not smart enough to know this already. You should know this. If that was the case, then I should be and everyone should be offended 24-7 that everybody doesn't know everything. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, think about that. We have to learn. We don't know things until we know them. It's just a matter of what we do with that knowledge. If we don't do anything with the knowledge, then the knowledge doesn't affect us. Then we don't know anything. So you can't get mad at somebody and go, that's a stupid question. Why do you ask such a stupid question? Maybe because I'm stupid. That's what they want you to say, because that's what they're trying to make you feel when they say that. So there is no stupid question. That's one of those residual things in, the, in your programming that we all have. Like when you say understand, because that's saying that you, you stand under somebody, under their will. Do you see? And you don't even realize that's what that word means. The same thing when you say that. Well, that was a dumb question. Don't ever question yourself like that. You didn't ask a dumb question. You didn't ask a silly question. You asked a valid question. And then when I, when I, when I explained it to you, you went, oh, man, that makes total sense. You felt bad because you felt like you should have known that. But you didn't, and I, neither did I until I learned it. Right? So it's okay. And even if you knew it and forgot it, that's not your fault either. <laughs> that's not. It just comes with, you know, you can be distracted. You could be getting older and your body could be uh, failing you. You could not think about something. When you don't think about something, you have to realize the way our brain is wired. It's wired like a computer. The computer has what we call a defrag. It defragments the memory, and it reorganizes the memory so that things flow faster and your computer stays speeded up. But what it also does that you don't realize is that it takes old files that you never access very much anymore, and it puts them away. Same thing. Your brain does the exact same thing. We designed, through osmosis, we designed a computer to work just like our brain. So the computer programming does what our brain programming does. If you don't think about something for a long enough time, your brain moves it further and further back in the files because you don't seem to need it, right? So our brain has RAM, randomly accessed memory, that we have, and we have certain memories that we put in the random access memory files so that it's quicker for us to find. People who get on game shows have the ability to do that and to keep a lot more stuff in that. That's when you have more ganglia cells. Glia cells in your brain is what gives you the cognitive ability and the ability to think quickly and to process information quickly and go into your own files and pull shit out of your files faster than other people. Right? But we reward people and say they're geniuses and that they're smarter than everybody else when they have that ability. And that ability is taught. The more you work out your muscle of your brain, 
the more your brain creates more glia cells to be able to process things faster because it seems like it needs to now. So when you tune up your system and you work out your brain, just like you work out a muscle, your brain gets better at doing it. That's why people who are on those shows, if you ask them, they were cramming and practicing for the show for years before they got on the show. What they were doing was improving their mind, using their mind and improving it, forcing the mind to say, I need to be able to randomly access every fucking memory I have that has to do with trivia. Doesn't have to do with what Bob did in 1872 or the or, or or whatever. It has to do with things that they're going to ask, and that has to do with what current events, history, movies, books, all the things that are history, that are that everybody has access to. Not your own personal memories, your family personal memories, none of that. So that all that stuff. If you ask them, do you remember cousin Neb when we were kids? They're going to go. I don't know who you're talking about. Because they don't think about that. It gets pushed back because they don't need that information. They need to have random access to absolute information that nobody gives a fuck about on the face of the earth, trivial pursuit information that only works, that only does you justice when you have a party or when you're trying to get onto a game show. That's no joke. I'm not downplaying those people and saying they're stupid. They're smart. They are act, they're using their minds in a way that's forcing their brain to think and to speed up horse. And then, of course, they're getting close to the speed that I already have, that I have had my entire life. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to say that I'm like this superhuman and I'm really cool. I have just, I had a mother that they they found out, scientists found out that if when your mother is pregnant with you, if she reads all kinds of stuff, magazines, books, and nowadays goes on the internet, and reads technical stuff and scientific stuff and all these things, that you in the womb, you pick up on that and you become smarter. Your brain develops faster because your brain is being forced to develop. They found this to be true that even when you're in the womb, if your mother does nothing except for sit around all day going, your brain does the same. So when you come out, it takes you longer to comprehend everything and to learn things. And now because your brain isn't as developed as it would be if your mother was a complete brainiac with me my mother was that way i didn't know this and it wasn't until i found out about the study and said hey mom did you know blah 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 and she was like well that plays out because when i was pregnant with you i couldn't get enough knowledge i read everything i could read there was stuff i had no idea what it meant and i was reading it but there was some reason i needed to read that stuff and i was it was like a craving for food that she was having when she was pregnant with me and by doing so my brain was more developed than most people and others you know there's a good uh population of people that have that exact same thing that's what we call sheldon isms now uh you know you know you become uh really smart so if you're so i would suggest to everyone out there that you need to talk to all of your kids and you and, and have with their of the age where they're going to be having children and, ex, and explain that to them you can look that stuff up and go look the more you read and the more that you are active in your own brain while pregnant and eating right instead of like you know smoke a pot and drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes and all that shooting up drugs or whatever if you're doing all these things then it helps the child to develop quicker and then the child when it comes out the child will also develop faster mentally because you had all that uh, going on so i found out when i found the study and i said it to my mom she was like yeah man i couldn't read enough with you at figures 
And she says, you came out running. You came out doing the same crap and you've never shut up and you've never, you've, you know, you've never, uh, you've always been, I want to know more and more and more and more. And it's because the whole time I was pregnant with you, that's what I did. And that carried over to you. And, and then I'm that way now. I still do it. If I don't challenge my brain all day long, I'm that guy. I'm, I may not get up and run around and have to do something physically, but man, I got to be on the internet reading something. I got to be reading a book. I got to be watching something, a documentary. I got to be doing something to challenge my brain. I play World of Warcraft. People are like, well, that's just a video game. How you don't? I have to think. I have to solve puzzles. There's a quest, and your job is to do things. You work there, and you quest. You have to think. You have to read something and discern from that quest this person gives you. You have to go and do this. You have to figure out where in the fuck in the world that is and what the fuck do I have to do. And then you have to go there and figure out how to do it without getting yourself killed and then come back and give that person what they want so they give you a reward. And then they have quest lines where the same person gives you another quest then another quest then another quest. And then eventually you get this bigger reward at the end. And all of that builds your character and, and your character gets bigger and smarter and faster and has better weaponry or whatever, depending on, you know, World of Warcraft is literally sword and sorcery from a thousand years ago. Okay. So in that world, I'm running around and I play every character that there is to play. <laughs> right. So I don't just play one character and I'm stuck playing, say, I want to be a warrior and that's it. Ugh. Right? I don't do that. Some people do that. They pick a character, and that's who they are, and that's all they ever play is that one character, not me. I'm like God. I'm like the universal mind. I'm like the one. Okay? I want to have every possible experience that I can have, so I play every single character, men and women, by the way. I have, in every character, a paladin, I have a male and a female, and I have almost one of every race. And I do that with every character. Okay, and that's no joke. And I do that, and I get bored. I'll play one character for a while, and then I get bored with it, and I don't come back to it for a month, two months. I play another character, and another character, and another character. Okay? And then and I'm also teaching myself 21 languages. Every single night. You guys have seen them if you watch my Facebook uh, thing. I'm over 200 consecutive days of learning a language. And I'm not just learning one. I'm literally learning 21. I think it's 22 now languages right yeah see denise i can't stop learning i crave it that's that's what you know people don't know that i was when i took philosophy 101 introduction to philosophy my my professor actually told you what the word philosophy means philosophy is a greek word or it's a greek concept philosophy actually literally translates to modern english of of the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge Weird how that mirrors learn, teach, teach, learn, right? The love of knowledge slash the knowledge of love. So the word philosophy literally means that a philosopher is one who is learned in the philosophic thought, which is the, the practice of philosophy, which is the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love. That's what that concept means. That's the closest we can translate philosophy into the American or the modern English language is to the, all those words, the knowledge of love slash the, no, the love of knowledge. That concept is the closest thing that, that resembles that Greek word, the concept of that Greek word.
Okay. So, and, and the reason that you guys do what you do is because of that, right? Casey's like books, documentaries, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because you do that. And that's what keeps your mind going. And that also raises your IQ because it raises your vibration. The more you do that, you can't possibly learn knowledge and not evolve, right? If you look at these people that are just warlike warmongers, that's all they talk about. That's all they do. They pick war. War is their knowledge. War is what they're about. That's what they're good at. They don't. We don't need no book learning. Get them books away from me, son. What do you think I'm going to learn out of that? I'm not going to learn how to conquer Rome. Rome wasn't conquered in the day, son. It was conquered by military personnel. You think they're sitting around reading about the universe? God? For crying out loud, I'll tell you God is. I'm God. Do you understand? Do you see? There I go with the word understand again. So you can't possibly stay stagnant while learning because your mind grows. Your grasp of reality grows. So your personality grows. Your soul grows. That's why they don't want you learning anything. That's why they want you away from. They distract you from spiritualism. They distract you from knowledge. They want you watching television programs and talking about, did you see Survivor last week? How about Naked and Afraid? I watch them all. That's all I ever watch is them shows. That's all they want you to do is talk about their programming that they have for you that doesn't tell, to teach you anything. Okay, But they can't stop you because there's a natural balance in the universe. They have to make you choose to stop. So they can, they can scare you, threaten you, right? Or they can give you so many choices you don't know which ones to make, and then they can tell you there is no definitive proof that anything does anything. And no matter what somebody says in the positive, they're going to say the negative to that. And they do that all on purpose so that you're so confused, you throw up your hands and go, fuck it, I don't know anything. And I'm not even going to look it up because everything is just negative. That's why they do it. You have to become immune to that. That's And, and see, that is the micro or that's the macrocosm to the microcosm that is your ego. That's why I say they, it's, an, it's an alternate ego or an external ego, like an external hard drive. Okay, they utilize television, radio, books, music, uh, the internet, movies, all of that. They utilize it as an external ego to keep you confused and not thinking straight by bombarding you with their narrative. But they have to allow the other side and they can't stop it because that's the rules of the universe. They can't stop all of us. Well, yes, Karen says, do you believe, uh, somewhat, let me explain that. Let me read what you said. Let me put it up on the screen. Karen says, do you believe that TV programming, sorry, I thought it was, I thought I pushed it and it went up, but it's not popping up. Either that or I'm lagging now. Well, it's probably because that thing's being shared, right? No, it's just being slow. So I don't know why it's doing that, but it is. See, now now it worked. If, if for some reason it wasn't working, okay, maybe it was. It was going up and down, and I wasn't seeing it because there was a lag. Do you believe TV programming comes from China and they program our men to become feminine? Oh, you were not here when I talked about that. While they're building up the uh, the the they're they're building up their forces, right? Um, well, I think that's their narrative. I think that's what they're trying to do. 
but it's but that's the natural cyclical nature of the universe okay most of what we think is the war between good and evil the war because there is no war between good and evil there is no war between factions war is their wheelhouse they want you to buy into fighting against them because that's what they want is war they don't they they're, so they they try to convince you by doing that okay they they are doing it to some extent evil everything evil minded people are doing they think they're doing it for their benefit okay but the truth is that everyone who is in service to others is in service to self and everyone who is in service to self is in service to others so everything that I do that I think I'm doing to help myself, I'm going to be evil and I'm going to do things for self-serving. I'm going to I'm going to rape you, pillage you, force you to live under my leave. All of that is designed into this exercise on purpose. I think and this is where the bohemian ideology of the Vikings where people say the skein is tied the All Father wove the weave of your life long ago, and you will die when the All Father said you were going to die, no matter how fast you run, no matter where you duck. They were closer to, to the balance of reality than people realize. And were they as warlike as everyone thinks? No. But everyone paints the Vikings as a savage, brainless, warrior nation that just did nothing but rape and pillage. They raided, and they were ruthless when they did it, but that's not what they were about. They were about farming and family. And they showed you that with the History Channel's Vikings, which Peter Coyle was, in fact, a star on and was in every freaking shot in every freaking episode, by the way. He just didn't have as many speaking lines as everyone else, so he, and he wasn't pretty like everyone else, so he didn't have the, all the cameos. He wasn't the models that they had set so that they, they had the, the beautiful woman and the beautiful men, right? So they had a, a couple, three or four beautiful women and three or four beautiful men, and those were the ones that captured everybody and caught all of the, all the, all the Neanderthals to st- keep watching the television show. And then they had the hooks that was sex, right? Sex and war and that. So the men loved the war, the women loved the romance and the sex. And the men love the sex because the hot the chicks were hot, right? And then the same thing with the women. So the lower vibration loved the show because of it was lower vibration, right? But then there was the higher vibration, highbrow stuff that was also there that caught some of those people. And then there was the people like me who enjoyed the history of it and would watch it and go, that didn't really happen. <laughs> Ooh, that really happened, though, right? So most of it was pretty close to history, although Rolo, in fact, was not Ragnar's brother. Rolo lived somewhere between 70 and 100 years apart from Ragnar Northbrook. But he did what he did. He did what he did, right? See, there goes the thing. We're going to leave it crashed. I'm not going to turn it back on today. We'll just continue with where we're on. That's, that thing's shutting off, and we'll let it shut off. Okay? So, so that happened the way it happened, Right? Uh, he did become a, a king, a landowner and a king in France. That really happened. But it wasn't uh, despite Ragnar. 
but everything else happened except for Ivar the Boneless was not, in fact, paralyzed from the waist down. He was paralyzed below the waist. And I don't mean his legs. That's why he was called the Boneless, because I don't need these on anymore. I'm not reading anything on the screen. He was called the Boneless because he couldn't get a boner. <laughs> he couldn't have sex. And that's why he was pissed off. And that's why he did evil shit, because he was fucking mad, because he couldn't get a heart on, and he couldn't have sex. And everybody laughed at him and called him Ivar the Boneless. That's true. You can look that up. Even the, the people that were making the Vikings story, when people started showing different things that were a little bit different in real history, they started investigating it, and they actually had that on the show. Uh, not in the show, but they actually showed the, uh, the uh, uh, makings of and interviews and, and things with the cast and uh, uh, the investigation. And that was one of the things they discovered that they were wrong about what they thought Ivar was, uh, was carried on a shield and that he was paralyzed. And it turns out that it wasn't just like, um, Ragnar's name uh, meaning soggy pants, soggy bottom, because he looked like he had a pile of shit in his pants because he made his own pants and the ass didn't fit. And he had no ass. So he walked around and he had saggy uh, ass hanging down there. It looked like he had a pile of crap in his pants. So they called him soggy bottom, like he wet himself or, or pooped himself. Uh, so that's what it translates into Ragnar Northbrook. <laughs> Not a joke. Not a joke. Okay. So everything that we have. In our television, in our programming, in our grade schools, all everything is is the cyclical nature that is the microcosm in some way to the macrocosm, okay, of the universe itself and the way things work. You realize that when you get to a certain point. You realize that and you go, wow, man, it's so simple. It's right in front of me. That's why that story of the great Sufi and he trying to become awake and he bought every book that he could find and he read every book that he could find and one day he woke up and he actually was awake and he went oh man and he took all of his books out and threw them on the front lawn and burned them because they were all useless because it was literally in everything right in front of his eyes okay so getting back to what karen was saying right TikTok from china to to i don't have my glasses on you're making me read right to shorten the attention span of people um Everything that they're doing is by what they think is their design to control the population, to keep everybody back in order. What they want is their order in their religion to keep everybody from being in any way non-warlike. They are playing out the ego for the human race that is inside of every single one of us. Those people who choose to listen to the ego become the ego, and then you start doing on a physical plane what, you're, what is going on in your head. Okay? So you become that. When you're obsessed with it constantly, it's the same thing as being obsessed with your ego. You have to understand that. So to be completely obsessed with politics is to be obsessed with their religion. To constantly be going, we have to fight them. We have to fight against them. They're laughing at you and they want you to do that. That's why you always see the, 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 the pious man. If you look at all of this, especially with the Eastern philosophical thought, you had Kwai Chang and now you have the new movie where the girl is the, is the uh, which I watched, the new Kung Fu, uh, where you have the woman who is the Shaolin priest. The Shaolin monks were peaceful and they learned how the order they learned the martial arts 
to defend themselves, not to attack. That was the story of Miyagi-Do uh, uh, Karate and Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was the warlike uh, 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 ideology of kill him, destroy him, break his knee, sweep the foot, sweep the foot, right? And then you had the opposite, which was the avoidance, the, the knowledge of, of combat, the martial arts, not to destroy, but to protect oneself. And that was what was being taught to Daniel-san by Miyagi. So that was the yin and the yang. Okay. Daniel still had some of the aggression in him, just like the other kid had some not. In the end, he felt bad for doing what he did, even though he did it. Do you see? And then he, in the end, got, was still a little more aggressive and was able to win. That was the balance of the yin and the yang. That was the lesson that was being taught to you in that storyline. King Arthur fighting on the bridge against Lancelot was the same. Lancelot knew martial arts, too, and he was avoiding Arthur's aggression and anger and just, and just hatred. And your avoidance mocks me, he said to him. Fight me, damn you. Fight me. And Lancelot refused to fight him that way. And Lancelot defeated him. That was the, the lesson that was trying to be taught to you in The Sword and the Stone or in the movies of Excalibur. Excalibur 1982 was a perfect example. That's where I got that from with the line when he said that. So Lancelot, who was a great martial artist, came from the East from a philosophical way of thinking that was not a violent, aggressive way, even though he could kill you as quick as shit. He didn't do it unless you tried to kill him. He was not aggressive, but he would fight in a fair fight. He wouldn't murder you just to murder you. Because he was either you're either in service to self or in service to others. Arthur lost his way and became in service to self, and that's why he fell for his sister's trick and gave birth to the bastard son that was his nephew and his son. And that one took all of his mirth, and then he had to find the Holy Grail, and he had to, and it wasn't real. The whole thing was was uh, in his head. Proverbially, he had to then remember you and the lander one, and as you flourish, the land flourishes. But he has to be in service to others. And once he drank the grail, which he believed was the blood of Christ, that gave him the courage to then start thinking about the land and the population and not himself anymore, and it replenished the land. That was the lesson that was being taught to you in that movie and in that story. I just ordered the book about the return of the Anunnaki. Okay, I just talked about this. I'm going to do it one more time. Okay. So let's, I, I don't understand how there's a race of people called the Anunnaki. Let me ask you why. If Zechariah Stitchin translated the words properly, there were, it was not one word, Anunnaki. Okay, those words, according to uh, Giorgio Sukolos and everybody in the, in the UFO field, are, it means, Anunnaki means the, the god Anu, the god Anu, which is an Arcadian word, not a Mesopotamian word, the god Anu, Anu, Naki. The god Anu, those from the heavens came to earth. The god Anu came down to heaven, or came down from heaven to earth. So Anunnaki is not one word. It's not describing one race. It's describing, it's an adjective, which is describing what the god did. So there can't be a race of people called those from the heaven came to earth. 
Okay. No, no, they're not in alliance. Okay. This is this is a this is the the natural progression right now. Let me explain this to you. So. It's been proven by the people who actually understand, the scholars who have translated Mesopotamian, that the words Anunnaki, those from the heavens came to earth, is translated wrong into three words, Anunnaki, by Zacharias Ditchin. Because the word Anu, he knew from the Arcadian language, which is the people who lived next to the Mesopotamians at the time who were Greeks, who lived there, had a god called Anu. So when he saw the word Anu, he assumed that the word was Anu, a single word, when in fact it was Anuna. Okay? The word Anuna in Mesopotamian, then that language, doesn't mean the god Anu came from heaven. It doesn't mean those from the heavens came. The word Anuna means the prince. And the word Ki means comes. The, word, the prince came. Not the God came. Not Anu the God came. Anuna, you can look this up. This is not a joke. You can Google this. Go on YouTube, on YouTube and look up Zechariah Stitchin translated Anunnaki wrong, and you'll get, there's a video out there that I put on the air that came from scholars, and they said the word is not Anunnaki. It's not one word. Okay? So then in the alien industry, the Anunnaki are now a, a race of people, which I, I want to uh, ask them, what's the English translation of the name Anunnaki? What does that mean? Because if you go by the translation from 1948, that's Anu-Naki. Three words, the god Anu came from the heavens to earth. So why is there a race of people that are called the gods from heaven came, the god Anu came to earth? That's the name of the race? So, the, so no one asked them what they were called? Oh, they're the, the Anunnaki. But now, I just watched a video last week and talked about it on my show. There's a guy who claims he's in communication. And the, and the, the race is now called Marduk Anunnaki. Okay, so it's evolved from Zachariah Stitchin translating it wrong to Anunnaki. Those three words meaning the god Anu came to earth, then wrongly translated from that, to fit the narrative by Giorgio Sukalos as those from the heavens came to earth, not Anu the God came to earth, but now it's those from the heavens came to earth. And now the Nephilim, who used to be a race of people that were on the planet X, planet 9, used to be planet 10 until Jupiter was taken, or until uh, um, Pluto was taken away as a planet, that those people who lived there were the Nephilim. Now everyone says they're the Anunnaki. The Nephilim have disappeared. And then they say, well, the Anunnaki is the Nephilim. Okay, so now the race of people is the Anunnaki and Nephilim. That means the same race of people. And now the god Marduk, who was the great-great-grandson of Tiamat, who he fought and killed 10 or 12,000 years ago or more, then now the Anunnaki has become Marduk Anunnaki, Nephilim. So now the race of people that are on planet 10 are called Marduk Anunnaki Nephilim. So I would love to meet them and say, what does all that mean? Marduk is a god who defeated Tiamat. Anu was a god that was a Greek god. 
Naki means came to earth, but if you put the word Anuna together, it means the prince or royalty came to the city. And the Nephilim was an ancient race of people that no one even knows what that meant anymore. And now all of that has evolved in the last five years into one race. And there's a race of people called the Anunnaki. According to Giorgio Sukalos, mean those from the heavens came. And then according to where he got it from, which was in 1948 by uh, Zachariah Stitchin, is the god Anu came to earth. So now there's a race of people called Elvis. Because that's going to be the same thing soon. So there is no Anunnaki. There is no race of people called the Anunnaki, and you can't find that anywhere in history, except for they've added it now. I found this. It wasn't there, but before the the uh, before Giorgio Tsoukalos, uh, in, in the before 2012, when they came out on the History Channel and said that Anunnaki meant those from the heavens came to Earth, until he said that, there was no Anunnaki on any chart in any religion and now when you look up the Mesopotamian chart of life, the Anunnaki is actually listed on there, and it wasn't before, but now it is, because it has to fit the narrative of a race of people called the Anunnaki. There is no place where it tells of the Anunnaki anywhere in history except for the one place that Zachariah Stitchin got the words from, and he mistranslated them wrongly, and every single person who actually understands the Mesopotamian language will tell you that. Okay? So there is no race of people called the Anunnaki. They don't exist. Everyone uh, makes fun of me for saying that, just like they made fun of Giorgio Sukalos when he said it means from the heavens came until they needed that narrative to paint the Anunnaki as a race. Okay? And the same thing with people who actually are in the know look at Zachariah Stitching for the same way. But everybody goes, no, 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 no. All those people don't know what they're talking about. But they won't actually have anyone on their show who understands the language. You won't see anyone doing that. I have yet to see anyone anywhere having a podcast that has any actual translator on the show that understands the Mesopotamian language because they don't want to hear what they have to say because it doesn't fit their narrative. So there is no Anunnaki. There is no race of people called that. There is no planet 10 that is in orbit around the Earth now somewhere that's being hidden behind our sun. Okay, And it's stationary now, and it didn't disrupt any kind of a gravitational pull by anyone. Uh, somehow they've masked that too, okay? And then they have it hidden because they don't want the people of Earth to know that they're coming. Yet the legend is they're going to return to Earth because that's what they do, and they call the Earth when doing so, and they're overdue. But wait, they're already here, but yet they're not calling the Earth. And why not? Well, the Earth is flat because some guy back in the 1700s said that it was flat. And you, I know that there's a hidden planet out there. I can't prove it to you, but I've heard that somebody saw it once. I can't tell you where the firmament is, but this guy in the 1700s said, said that he saw it once. It's the same story as the flat Earth. They're using this information that nobody wants to prove, that no one can prove. And when you ask questions about it, they just go, you're stupid. You're racist. Okay, so there's... <laughs> so. I, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, in any way curt. I'm just passionate about this because every time people come up with these stories and they go, oh, the Anunnaki, and when are they going to come? There is no Anunnaki. They're not coming. The people that, were, that came here last time that were the Nephilim, they're not coming back because they've evolved. 
They're 10,000 years more older than they were when they came here in the third dimension last time. Okay, so they're not coming back. They have no more interest in coming to this earth because the race of species, the species that was on the planet when they got here last time is 10,000 years. Could you imagine? Do you think that in 10,000 years we're going to fly to the moon? No, we've already been there. And in 10,000 years, we're going to be so much more advanced than we are. We're not going to be looking at third dimensional races and think we need to go and interfere with them anymore. If we do, we haven't evolved as a species then either. So I'm not trying to be mean to you. I don't want you to get mad at me. I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you personally, because I'm not. I'm attacking the knowledge that led you to believe that by people who don't want to look at real fact and real knowledge. So please don't get angry with me. And please don't think I was attacking you. Okay? And yes, you said maybe I can be wrong. No, you're not wrong. You were just misled. It's not your fault. Okay? You were misled because of a narrative for Giorgio Tsoukalos and the History Channel and Disney to make money, okay? And they translated that wrong. Religion, that if there's not already one that's popped up, Elvis is going to become a religion and he's going to be a god in a less than a generation. And that's the natural progression of where things are going. Just like Bigfoot is going to become a religion as well. People who, are, who don't have the education just take certain You didn't do anything wrong. What you did wrong was you didn't question what they said. That's why I tell people, don't believe me. Go and look it up for yourself. Because I was told the same thing, and I believed what you believe. Seven years ago, eight years ago, I believed the same thing. And some guy said to me, dude, here's a link. Learned that Zachariah Stitchin said the wrong things. Here's a guy who knows it. So I didn't take just that guy's word for it. What if that guy was wrong and Zachariah Stitchin was right? So I looked it up, and every single scholar I went to who understands Mesopotamia says they translated that wrong. It does not mean the god Enki, or the god, I'm saying Enki, the god Anu came to earth because it's not Anu Na Ki, it's Anu Na Ki. And Anuna means the prince, and Ki means came. So the prince came, royalty came. That doesn't mean from the sky either. It doesn't mean from heavens. So to fit the narrative, Giorgio Suclos in 2012 said that it meant those from the heavens came to earth. And that set it on the course between 2012 and today, and it evolved from that into a species called the Anunnaki, which if it's right, Zechariah Stitchin translated it would still mean the god Anu came to earth. Right? If anything, you would be they would be the, not the Anunnaki, they'd be the Anunites. Or right? Or the Anifarians. Right? Like Luciferians. They they don't say Lucifer, right? The people now think Lucifer is the god of evil. In a sense he is because he was evil, but Lucifer was a man. Lucifer came to earth with the people that lived in Atlantis, and people follow him, and they're called Luciferians. And then we translated that from the word Satan, and the both being a great evil, and they became one. Satan became Lucifer, and then it was no Lucifer, it's the son of Satan. 
right? And so it depends on whether you're Eastern philosophical thought or Western philosophical thought, but they both represent the same thing, the ego. They both represent an evil entity. One is actual human. The other one uh, is has some base in that. Uh, Satan has some base in that. Either way, it's the ego. Do you see? Either way, it is the ego that is in all people. That person chose to be in service to self. That person came here. They were stranded here. When all hell broke loose during the deluge, when they tried to kill off the human race, some of their own people tried to strand them here, strand them here because they were evil and they couldn't fly away. And that's when they built their cities out of their spaceships, which one of which became Atlantis. Those people are perpetuating that this is a prison colony because they want everybody else who's living here to believe that it is a prison colony. It's only a prison colony for them because they were stranded here and they had to reinvent technology to be able to get off the planet. That's that's the truth of Atlantis and the people that are here. It, this place became to them what Australia became to the prisoners. But Australia in and of itself is not a penal colony. It's just the people that were put there were put there as prisoners because they were way out in the middle of the ocean and they couldn't get back to land. So they had to what? Reinvent the ships to sail. And eventually when they got the technology, they overthrew their slave masters and became their own country, which is the same thing that, that this planet is going through. That's the microcosm of the macrocosm. So I wasn't I want you to, to realize that I wasn't to, uh, 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 wasn't being mean to you i was being aggressive because i'm passionate about it the knowledge in and of itself and how many people in this industry of of ufos and aliens get angry with me but they won't listen to the scholars they go those guys don't know what they're talking about everyone everyone so you're going by one man's translation who they claim translated the words wrongly and they show you here's what these words mean but you don't want to hear that because Zachariah Stitchin borrowed the word Anu from the Arcadians at the time, which was a god called Anu. Okay. That's just like the god Enki. Right. I don't want to go down that story, but the god Enki was borrowed from the Arcadians as well. Right. So there, so in some stories, you hear the word Enki. There's so many words that mean the same thing in other languages. People don't realize that's why we have that word that with the concept that's lost in translation. Here's a perfect example in modern day, okay? There's a rock band that was called Roxette, the feminine version of a rocket, because the, well, the woman was the front person in the band. She's the one who invented the band. So it was called Roxette. In Japanese, the word Roxette translates to diarrhea, not female rocket. So when they were in Japan, this is a true story. You can look it up. They were told that, so they changed their name to Rocket while they were in Japan and called themselves Rocket. Okay? Another example is the Chevrolet car that we know as the Chevy Nova. The Nova, in English, is like a supernova. It's very powerful, bright light that's happening. In the Latin language, it's two words, Nova, which means no go. So they couldn't figure out why the Chevy Nova wouldn't sell in any language, any country who spoke Spanish, because the name of the car was no go. No one wanted to buy the car that was that was stop. I want to go get the car that doesn't go. So they had to change the name of the Chevy Nova to a different name when they sold it overseas in countries that spoke Spanish. Okay, the slogan for Pepsi 
that was short-lived in America that was the choice of a new of the next generation, right? Pepsi, the choice of the next generation, the choice of the new generation. That had to change because in Chinese that cha- that translated to if you drink this you will see your ancestors. Not a joke, you can look that up. Okay? So the very same words meant something completely different in another language. And the case here with the word anu in the Greek language meant one of their gods. In the Mesopotamian language, it was one it was two words they thought because the same word na anu and na because the word na in the in the Mesopotamian language he actually did translate but he translated it as, as well it must be comes down because anu and key means comes so the word na must mean comes down to earth so he made up the word for the word na translated the word anu wrongly and then translated the word na wrongly as one single word but when it's used by itself this is like the Hebrew language where you have a symbol that means a letter and a number, and you have to figure out whether that letter, whether it's forwards or backwards, or whether it's a, a letter or a number in that language means a letter or a number so that you can figure out a word. Okay, The word na, when added to anu, becomes anuna, and that means royalty. This is all explained by the scholars in the videos that you can find. So. This is where the things are lost in translation, and this is why people have to learn languages and understand how what those words mean in those languages. I'm learning 21 languages in every language in Europe, and you would be surprised how many words, in fact, letters, okay? In English, the letter D is a D sound, D with a D sound, okay? In the Dutch language, it's an L sound, L, not D, it's a L, okay? Same letter. But it's pronounced differently. The same thing with with uh, like ball, b a l l. The a is a ah sound or a or a what? There's two couple different sounds that a is ah and a sound. Okay. In Swedish, that's not the same. And in fact, in German, it's not the same. The only way you get the ah sound is you have to add an umlaut to it. Just like the o becomes ah when you add an umlaut to it, an accent mark. Otherwise, the o doesn't sound the same as our o. Okay, we just learn when you put the letter A in a certain word that an E at the end changes as our accent mark. The E at the end of the word makes the A a different kind of A. They don't do that. They put a little hyphen, a little dot, a couple of umlauts. Okay, so the same words are spoken differently in different countries and mean something completely different. And you have to learn that if you're learning the language. But if you don't know the language and you know English, you're going to wrongfully translate something that is German because you know an English word that in fact means something different in German. And that is exactly what happened with the Mesopotamian words Anunnaki, when it was in fact Anunnaki, okay? And, and, and everybody's mad at me and says, I don't know what I'm talking about. Because they needed to drive the narrative that there is an Anunnaki race. Because now it's morphed into what used to be the Nephilim is now the Anunnaki. And now you have somebody who's calling them the Marduk Anunnaki and that they are the Nephilim. They've taken place of the Nephilim. The Nephilim are no longer there. And the Marduk Anunnaki are, in fact, the people from planet 10 or planet 9 now because Pluto is no longer a planet. Okay, so that's annoying to me and a lot of other people. But 
you won't hear that in the mainstream ancient aliens uh, aspect because it doesn't paint the narrative that they want to make their money. Do you understand? And that narrative is still one of doom and gloom. There's this evil race of people out there who claim to be our creators that are going to come back and get us. Okay, that storyline is, this is what the Law of One is about. That storyline is the storyline of the Orion Crusaders of this being a slave labor. The entire uh, concept of this earth being a slave labor camp in the third dimension is a little truth with bigger lies. It is a prison, but it's a prison of each individual mind. If you listen to your ego and you are in service to self, you will be trapped in this existence and you will never get out of it. The moment that you get out of that mindset and don't follow that religion anymore is the moment that you start questioning and that's when you start listening to the other side, which is the angel on your shoulder, which is no longer telling you that. The more you think there's a war is what they want you to think, that there's a fight between good and evil, good versus evil, and that good has to fight evil at all costs to keep them away. That is you lowering yourself down to the arena of war to fight. That is not where people in service to others fight or how. That's not where adults fight or how either. Okay, So they want you to believe there is this war between good and evil. There's not. There is a dichotomy between good and evil. And it is a necessary spiral dance that is designed in this perfect, perfect world where you do not have, no matter how evil it appears the world is, there is the same thing on the other side. It depends on what you look for. That's why the lesson was in Star Wars where Obi-Wan said to Luke, Luke, you're going to realize, you have to realize that the truths that we cling to are from a certain point of view are directly related to a certain point of view, okay? So if you see war, that's all you're going to see. If you look for war, that's all you're going to see. If you believe there's a war, then we have to fight the evil. Fight them. We don't have to fight them. All we have to do is go, no, when we cast a ballot. That's not fighting them. It is in some sense. But it's in a spiritual mindset, not a physical war. You just go to the ballot box and you go, not that guy. Not that woman. I want this person. That's the lesser of two evils. That's the whole purpose of that uh, uh, lesson. Okay, It might not be the greatest thing because politics, that religion, people that are in that are generally, and that's where the flip is. Okay, Here's the thing. You're not going to have people a part of a religion that is evil being 90-10 to the good. So you're going to have 90-10 evil. Just like in the other religion, let's use Christianity as the only as the example, That's why you have 90% of the priests and all of the clergy are good and 10% are evil. That's the opposite. That's the yin to the yang over here. Do you see? So, of course, politics and power, which is the the religion of nefariousness, the majority of people that are going to be serving in that aspect are going to be evil and out for themselves. Absolutely. Okay? Okay. But are all of them just as evil as the most evil? No, they're not. Do you see? So is there that yin to the yang that's in there? Yeah, when you see the yin-yang, in the darkness there is light. In the light there is darkness. So that's showing you that no matter how good you think you are, 
there's still a part of you that it has that ego that is there that is evil. No matter how evil someone is, that's the lesson that Luke Skywalker was teaching about his father. I believe there's still good in him. I can reach him. And at the end, the doubt that he had always was there. Ben, his grandson, had the same doubt. He just didn't realize that his father had the same, or his grandfather had the same doubt. He kept thinking that Vader had figured it all out and that Vader wasn't. Well, Vader, in the end, sacrificed himself for his son. His love came through in the end. That was the whole lesson that was trying to be taught to you in that movie. Okay? So, yes, right? So, so again, I want, I want to reiterate again that I was not attacking you. And I was being curt, but it was only because I'm frustrated with the academic world that is the fringe academic world that I used to be a part of. One of the reasons I walked away from that was because those people are all set and they believe a thing and they're not looking at reality. When someone says, look, here's a possibility, they're like, no, no, they have become that which they claim to despise. Do you see? They have all become the academic world they claim that they are against. The academic world didn't believe in UFOs and talk about aliens because it didn't fit into their narrative. And now they are the same. They don't want the change, and they want to believe the Anunnaki are something because it sells tickets and seats. Okay? And they don't want anybody like me that is on the fringe once again is being looked upon the same way that UFO uh, and and the people that were investigating UFOs were looked at in the 70s here in the United States of America. Now people here, the same people who claim that they're different from the people that they claim they hate because those people uh, won't listen to reality. And now they have become the same thing. Okay, I watched it happen with all the covens in Wiccan, pagan religion here in the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world because I'm not... I'm, I talk to people from around the world, and it's pretty much the same. Here in the United States, I watched all of the covens say, we're going to save the world, yet we have our own book of spells that we wrote, and we don't know, we don't show that to anyone else. So you're in service to the world and in service to others, yet nobody gets to know your secrets, so you're not going to save the world, but you're trying to get credit for just your coven doing it, so you're in service to your own coven. No, no, no. We're in service to the whole. If you are, why are you not sharing all that you know with everyone? Well, we are with those people who are part of our coven. That's the same mentality that destroys everything and causes everything to be diminished in, in vibratory pattern. And then I watch them evolve or de-evolve into the Christian religion because they were trying to incorporate people into Christianity. So I watched them then do the same thing the Satanists did. And the Satanists just went, whatever the Christians and the Jews and the, and the Muslims are for, we're for the opposite. They didn't invent anything. They just took all of the same things that they said and turned them upside down. Took the cross, turned it upside down. Took the star, turned it upside down. Right? Then they said they took the, thou sh thou do what thou wilt, but harm none. And said, do what thou wilt. Chop that last part off, fuck it. Do what thou wilt. I'm in service to self, not others. So then, the, then the, I watched the covens, the Wiccan groups, do the same thing. You weren't really wicked if you weren't gay or a lesbian. 
and most of the covens are that way today in the United States. If they're true covens, then they must be made up of gay and lesbian people. And if you're straight, you can't be in our little group. You've got to join one of those other covens. So they've fractured themselves again, but they claim they're in service to the whole, in service to others again. But they're not. They're in service to themselves and their own ideology and their own coven, and that's all. So they're not really in service to others. They think they are. They've become what they said the institutions that are the religions said they were. They became the exact same thing. The fringe academic world, UFO uh, hunters and, and all of these people that I used to work with and I used to work for, and now I look at all of them and I think they're pathetic because they all are closed-minded and they're looking at me the same way they're looked at by the people that they despise. I don't despise them. I feel sorry for them. I don't, I'm not angry at them. I feel sorry for them because they have become that which, that's why David Wilcock left the, uh, that channel, uh, uh, Gaia channel. He left that channel because they became draconian and what, that was what they were fighting against. They became that, and that's why he left. And everybody turned against him in the fringe world, and they all say he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's a lunatic, and he's crazy. The same shit they say about me. I know what they say about me. People still tell me what they say about me. They talk shit about me every single People who call themselves my friends, who will to my face right now call themselves my friends. That's why I walked away. That's why I stopped doing interviews, and they'll, they'll have a story that they paint, no one would go and be on his show. He's this and that and that and this and all this negative stuff, which is untrue. Most of the time, if you pay attention to who says that stuff and watch them, you'll find out that they're actually telling you I did what they actually do. Okay, I stopped giving interviews because I stopped. Well, I I would I found myself wanting to correct them and go, I'm sorry. Where did you get that translation of Anunnaki? They would get angry with me. I'm not coming back on your show. You don't know what you're talking about, really. I have a video here that says there's a scholars that have translated that and that you're wrong. Zachariah Stitchin was wrong in 1948. He didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know the language. He did not know the language of Mesopotamian and he was trying to teach himself and translate the language. And he was using all the other languages around there, which is smart in some sense. But you cannot assume that just because you read one word and it's written in this language that means what that other language is that you mean. And that's why I showed you that the words, uh, the same words are said differently in every language in Europe. And all of those languages are mishmash languages that have become the different languages that they are. Dutch is, is halfway English and German. And English is, in fact, a conglomeration of French, German, Swedish, Norwegian, and, uh, and uh, 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 what's the other language? I can't think of it right now. Okay? Not a joke. And, and, and Latin and Spanish. Okay? That is what this language is I'm speaking now. All of the words that I'm using here, unless I start using words that we just made up in this country, all of those words that I'm using that is called proper English are, in fact, borrowed from 18 languages. There's not a single word that I speak, and some of them that I speak mean something the same in one language, but not in another one. Like, for instance, if you look at the Portuguese language, the Portuguese language is a dialect of Spanish, but it has a Latin influence and an Italian influence. They're right there. 
So you have Castilian Spanish, and then you have Portuguese, and I'm learning Portuguese. And if you talk to Mike, who, who uh, uh, you know, uh, Miguel de la Pena, he'll tell you because he speaks Spanish and Portuguese and English, and he'll tell you the same thing. It has Latin influences. The word for me or I in Portuguese is not the same Spanish word. It's eel. That is a Latin Italian word that means me, eel. Okay? So there's a difference in the words. Mujer, mujer in Castilian Spanish means woman or lady. In Portuguese, it's mulher. See, there's a subtle difference. Mulher, mujer, mulher, mujer. Different, but same word. Now, am I to assume that those mean the same thing? They're closely related, so it's very similar. And that's one of those examples that Stitchin took as a reference point and said, well, it's the same word. Chances are they're trying to say the same thing. Would I be right in this case? Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it means the same thing. For instance, in English, the word force, I'm going to force you to do something. Okay? In French, that same word, force, does not mean I'm going to make you do something. It means strength. Okay? So it's the same word, but it means something different. Are they both on the same aspect? One is forcing you to do something, using strength against you. One is an adjective and one is not. Or one is a verb and one is not. One is an adjective, one is a verb. You know what I mean. I'm getting those mixed up. So in some sense, in the flavor, they mean the same thing, but they don't. Here's another example. Okay, In the French language, the word mère means mother in English. In English, we have a word that is mère. That means a female mother horse. Do you see? So they borrowed the French word for mother and called a female horse mare, which means mother. A female horse that has children is a mare. That just is a French word that means mother. But we don't call that horse mother. We call it a mare. And in the definition, it means mother horse, not the word mother. But in French, that word does not mean mother horse. That word means mother. So, if I saw that and someone was referring to a female horse and I translated it as mother, I would be translating that wrong, rightly in the flavor because it is a mother horse. But in the English language, it means female horse, not mother. So if I called my mother mare, in English, people are, why are you calling your mother a horse? I'm not. I'm calling her the French word that means mother. Those are the things that are lost in translation that we don't realize if, unless you know different languages. This is what's happened with the uh, Zachariah Stitchin and his translation. So, yeah, Latin. We have a lot of Latin words in, in our language. In fact, almost everything, uh, everything that is scientific in the hospitals, doctorates, and official is all in Latin. Everything. There's a Latin name. And then there is a, uh, a, a common uh, name to the language. For instance, canine. Canine is a Latin word. In the English language, canine means canine, a tooth. The Latin word for canine means dog. 
But in the English language, we have a word that's called dog. Do you see? But we also have the Latin version of that. What is the official name of that dog? It is, in fact, a canine. Not the letter K and the number nine, canine. Because they had incisors, canine incisors. Okay? Here's another example that you don't know about. Triceratops. Do you know what that what those words try that one word triceratops? It's a Greek word. Triceratops means three-horned face. Because they have three horns on their on their face. So the Greeks named that creature three-horned face. That word in Greek is triceratops. And that's what we call that dinosaur. It means three-horned face. So if we translate that properly, the tr the the triceratops literally should say three-horned face because that's what it is actually saying. This is the stuff where we have Latin, we have Italian, in, and Greek because they owned the world. The Greeks owned the known world, the, the, the Romans, speaking Latin at the time, not speaking uh, Italian, modern Italian. They were speaking Latin. There is a difference, like Old English and English. Modern English and Old English is a completely different language. Latin, as opposed to Italian, is you can still see the flavor that was there. People who understand Italian have a really easy time understanding Latin. People who understand Latin have a really under, easy under, uh, time understanding Latin. It's a dialect of Latin, just like Portuguese is a dialect of Spanish. And English, what I speak right now, is a dialect of England English, what they call proper English. Okay. It's not the same. Completely different language and shit they say that I have no people go, what the fuck? What? And that's funny when Guy Ritchie made uh, the, the movies Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then after that one, uh, 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 or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Guns and uh, Snatch. They utilized that knowing that it was funny. In Snatch, you had an American that went over there and he was talking to a bullet tooth pony, that was his name. Because he got shot seven times in one sitting, and most in like three or four of them ended up in his in his uh, mouth. Took the bullets out of his body when he survived, and because he got shot through the uh, cheek and blew out his teeth, he had false teeth made out of the bullets, melted down and, and made it false teeth out of his bullets. So they called him Bullet Tooth Tony. Funny, love the story. And he was saying shit, and and cousin Avi, Avi from America, didn't understand what he was saying. It was like, and he actually said to him at one point. Why don't you people, I come here to England and you guys don't even speak a fucking English. You guys spawn the fucking language. <laughs> That's what he said. Why are you not speaking? Because he said, right, we got to go find out who who blagged the, the bookies. He's like, what? what is blagged? Blagged the bookies. What are you talking about? And he says, black, robbed. Black, blagging somebody, blacking somebody, robbed. And they, 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 the English are they're beautiful. They still do it to this day where they rhyme stuff. Right, and then they showed you that in in uh, 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 Ocean's Eleven, the the one guy who was the 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 mechanical guy, he knew all the stuff, and he ended up using the getting the the uh, the uh, uh, EPM to blow up and knock out the power. He was English, and he was saying, "If we don't do this right, we're in Barney." And the guys were like, "Barney, the hell are you talking about?" And he's like, "Barney, rubble, trouble." So the English do that to this day. They still do it. They they rhyme words. Porky pies, pig shit, bullshit. In America, we say horse shit or bullshit. Don't bullshit me. In England, they say, you better not be giving me porky pies. Better not be giving me bullshit, pork shit, pig shit. 
see? What I just said. Are you giving me porcupines? Don't take a piss, Boris. Right? Are you taking a piss? In America, that what what do you mean? Am I taking a piss? The fuck are you talking about? Okay. That means are you, are you pissy with me? Don't get pissy with me. We understand that version of it. Are you getting pissy with me? Don't get pissy with me. Same thing. Uh, don't make me piss off. Being pissed was was drinking, right? That's a long story too. But it's getting drunk to the point where you were pissing, <laughs> right? You're pissed drunk, meaning you drank so much grog that you are now pissing it out. Your piss became the color of the grog or the beer, the dark beer. Let's go get pissed meant let's go get drunk. Let's go get stoned. In America, that meant get drunk until people started smoking weed in the 60s. And then they used that word to mean getting high. Prior to that, in the 40s and the 50s, in America, getting stoned meant getting drunk. And there's another whole English version of what that meant and why it evolved to what it did. Okay. So I apologize for going on for uh, almost a half an hour, 45 minutes just on that. However, when, you know, philosophy 101, Okay, the first thing you learn about when you take philosophy 101 is to, if you really want to understand, this is no joke, when I was in philosophy 101, my professor, who was in fact a monk, who came dressed in the brown monk outfit with the hood and the white rope, not kidding you, he was in fact a monk. He explained this way. And it's, the, and it's the way it's all taught to anybody who's learning philosophy. And I think that in science, and the reason that it stuck with me, because I was also a physics major. I was a physics major with a philosophy minor. So for my physics mind, this worked. I see that, and I go, of course, that's exactly what you need to do. Okay? In physics, if you want to experiment on something, you have to do it more than 100 times, and you have to do it identical each time. And you have, to have, you have to be able to produce the same outcome. It doesn't have to be 100 times, but it has to be the majority of the times out of the 100. And it's usually like 113 or, or some number like that. Not a joke. So it's very, people are like, oh, my God, are you serious? Yes, they do it over and over and over in a controlled environment. A controlled environment means that you're making Occam's razor a thing. All things are equal to every single time you do it. There are no factors that are completely different except for the outcome. And if the outcome becomes a majority, 80% or above, the same outcome, then something becomes a very good possibility that it can be that. Okay? If I'm creating cold fusion and I can recreate cold fusion out of 115 times and I can do it 90 times out of 115, there's a good possibility that you can recreate cold fusion anytime that you want. At least... 87% of the time, okay? Then it becomes a thing. Your theory on how to create cold fusion is sound. Now, when applied to knowledge, it's the same. In Philosophy 101, you are taught to truly understand what a philosopher wrote, someone who just wrote some shit down like I'm talking about right now. If, in fact, 100 years from now, and I'm long since dead, somebody listens to what I say, if they're teaching about what I'm talking about, and it can, it's a reference in a philosophy class in 101. The teacher is going to tell you to understand, truly know what it is that Leonard understood and meant by what he said. You have to learn about where he lived, when he lived, how he lived, the society he lived in, the ideology of that society. When and 
with that society at the time to truly understand what motivated him to say the things that he said. So you have to learn who he was. You have to learn his history. You have to learn what brought him to that point. You have to learn why he said what he said, what he meant by what he said. And the only way you can understand those two things is to understand the person, the way he lived, he lived and a certain point of view, and that is directly related to the culmination of everything that I have learned in my life and history will make up my mind as to what I'm saying right now to you. And then in five years, hopefully, I will have a slightly different opinion and be a slightly different person than I am right now because I would have learned and evolved from who I am now to a better person that is more capable and culpable of helping the people of this earth in five years. If I'm exactly the way I am right now in five years, don't listen to me anymore. If I'm not telling you something that is new or I'm not telling you, uh, the, you know, the, this kind of knowledge in five years and I'm just reiterating the same shit that I said five years ago, like Giorgio Sukalos did for 15 years talking about uh, the, the uh, ancient aliens, never came up with something new. He just kept reiterating over and over and over. The show itself just went from here to 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 here and didn't evolve at all. And people saw that. And people like on in my group, uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide, which is almost 300,000 members now worldwide, they went, I'm done with the, the History Channel's uh, uh, Ancient Aliens because they're not going anywhere. They're reselling you the same thing in a different box over and over and over and over and over and over because that they found that that formula makes money for them. Do you see? Okay. So to truly learn something, you have to learn all aspects of it. And you have to be open-minded enough to see it. And if somebody says to you, I don't think that guy translated something right, instead of going, shut up, what do you know? You're an idiot. You should be wise enough to go, really? Why do you say that? And then maybe listen to that person and go and look for yourself and see if that person is right. And that's what happened to me. I heard what everybody said about Zachariah Stitchin and that he was telling the truth. Then I heard some people saying, no, he didn't translate that shit right. And when I asked them, they didn't have any proof to back it up until one guy said, here, I'll send you some links. And you can go and watch for yourself. Here's four different sites, and there's more out there. And I went to those sites, and I read everything that those people said about Zachary Stitchin, and then investigated further and continued to do that. And guess what I found? He translated the shit wrong. And I changed my narrative and came back into the show and said, I'm going to apologize to everybody that I said they didn't know what they were talking about. I went down that road, and I found out that he translated that wrong. And from that day until this, I have said that in all the people who are singular-minded, linear-minded, and believe that Zachariah Stitchum translated it right, and the Anunnaki has now in their minds become a race of people, hate my guts, say I don't know what I'm talking about, and that I lie about everything. Those people, can they can do whatever they want with themselves because history will show in history when this is all said and done and people down the road listen to what I said and listen to what they said, they're going to make up their own minds. Everybody plays a part. And if in history it turns out that every single person that is in the academic world that translated Mesopotamian got it wrong, and the one person ever in history, Zachariah Stitchin translated it right, history will bear that out too. Okay? So that's so to, to understand things, you have to truly go into them and go down that rabbit hole for yourself. 
Don't ask other people. It's bad enough that we Google it and that someone else has an opinion. I was reading about Nostradamus, and everybody said Nostradamus is bullshit. Nostradamus doesn't know what he's talking about. None of that shit comes true until it happens. And then people are just trying to apply everything he said to everything that happens in life. And they said the same thing about the Bible code. And I noticed that certain things are discredited the exact same way throughout time and history. And that's when I come up with these things. And I tell you, if you go on the Internet and someone says to you, there is no definitive proof that whatever they say after that is bullshit. And when they say there is no definitive proof, that's a lie. Okay. And just like when uh, when uh, the, the coup hit, and I want to get into the algorithms, I'll fuck up my microphone again or my camera, like earlier in the show. When that first thing came uh, came out, people said you can use an excessive amount of vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D, and it'll help you get through the coop quicker than shit. They came out and said there is no definitive proof that that does anything. That's a lie. That's a conspiracy theory to which two years, two and a half, almost three years later now, is what everybody in the world prescribes outside of America. And they no longer are, are using the shot. And it's been banned from more than 20 countries. And it's being banned every day from another country. You won't hear that being told by these companies that are American companies inside the United States where they own it. You're not going to hear that. It was bad enough that they came out and quietly said all the numbers of COVID was about 85% overstated possibly 90 percent wrong and then they came out and finally said what all of us knew in the beginning that all of these shots are completely ineffective they don't do anything for you oh but they're hanging on to but they still make it easier so you don't die from it oh you mean you're no longer counting every death as covid so Actually, I kind of think I did get it. I think I got it twice. I haven't been tested for the antigens yet, but I think I got it twice. And the reason I say that is because I had the symptoms, only they were really, really mild, and it was more like a cold, but they were kind of in a dangerous kind of, I was like, this is not a regular flu bug or a regular cold. I think I caught the coup. It still only lasted, one lasted about 10 days, and it was still just a mild flu. I think that was the first time I got it. The second time I got it, it lasted about four days, but it was still a super flu. It, was a, it wasn't like I was like I had a headache and throwing up and shitting all over myself. I just didn't feel well, and I didn't feel well, well, and I knew that this is not just a cold. This is like borderline flu, but doesn't have any of the normal flu symptoms. So this is some other weird flu that doesn't have any of the normal uh, flu symptoms, but has enough of the normal flu symptoms to where you think it's just a flu, which is, in fact, what everybody has, what everything has. And I went, yep, I think I got it twice. So I think I got that super one, the one they called Omicron or whatever. I think I got that one about a month ago. <laughs> and then I, I think it was about six months ago when I got the 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 other one, the 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 not the Omicron, but the one before that, the COVID itself. I think I did. I think my mother got it too. But I have that DNA to where you're not going to die from it. And I have a really good immune system. And the second I feel anything, if I feel like I'm getting a cold, oh, I got a tickle in my nose and I'm got a little bit of sniffles and I'm sneezing a little bit more, I immediately, guess what, folks? I immediately triple or quadruple my my uh, intake of vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. And guess what? goes away in less than three days. Oh, you just got a cold, that's all. No, no, no. Pretty sure I got the, I got the coop a couple times. 
but I don't have long COVID and I don't have any of the other stuff that's going on. It could happen. It could happen. Don't get me wrong. But I haven't been tested, so it's still unofficial. But then again, I hadn't been tested for arthritis either until I went to my doctor and said, listen, I know that I have arthritis in every joint. I need you to prove it. The doctor said, what do you want me to do? Give me x-rays. Doctor said, okay, let's do it. And I got like 47, it was either 45 or 47, not a lie, x-rays in one day. The doctor said, you can no longer get an x-ray unless it's an emergency for three years. And I mean that. And I said, okay. And I did not. I didn't. I've only gotten like four x-rays since then ever. And this was almost eight years ago now. I got all those x-rays in one day in every joint, fingers, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, toes, everything. My spine, my entire spine. I don't have any arthritis in my spine. Uh, thank the gods. It's the only place I don't have arthritis right now on something that moves that you normally get arthritis in. But in every other joint that I have, I have the arthritis now of they're saying that it's closer to an 87-year-old man's arthritis. Okay? I am in pain 24 hours. I'm in pain now. Right now. You see me rub my shoulder just now? I'm in pain. I'm not kidding you. I'm in pain 24 hours a day, uh, 365 days uh, out of the year. I'm not even joking. And everything pops and snaps. And sometimes it hurts and gets stuck and doesn't move. But I knew that prior to, is my point. Okay? And I take a bunch of stuff that's natural. When I was diagnosed, the doctor wanted to give me Oxycontin, and I said, or Oxycodone, one or the other. It was one of the Oxys. He, wanted, he gave me my choice. And I said, is there any natural remedy? And he looked at me, and I watched him lie to me. No. He was getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical company that made Oxycontin and Oxycodone, which is, in fact, the same company. And he's, and he's getting paid money for it. So he lied to me and said there was no alternatives, which those of you out there, especially Karen, if she's still with us, <laughs> she knows. She's probably eating dinner now. If I know Karen, she's off eating dinner. But if she's still with us, I know because I remember talking about it to Karen. She was like, you need to take this and this and this and this and this. She had everything. Casey, I think, was the same way. You guys were, were a great help. You guys give me all the information. And then Mandy, of course, who does is not on here. Mandy Wilson, who is the curator for Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Um, they were telling me all, all those three women pretty much told me every natural thing you could eat and take as a supplement or drink that would help you with arthritis. And you know what? That shit works. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I am in pain, but I'm not in that much. I would be in far worse pain. Of course, I was heavier too. I was 200 pounds heavier than I am now 10 years ago. And that had nothing to do with an eating disorder. When I tell people that, they go, oh, did you get the surgery? No, I did not get a lap band. I did not have an eating disorder. That's not why I got fat. It had nothing to do with it. Okay. I've been in martial arts, my, I can't say my entire life, because I started when I was about eight. Hand-to-hand -hand really started before that, but, but actually sparring with other humans, unless I was fighting with siblings, didn't start until I was eight. But I've been in martial arts since I was eight years old. Because of that, I have gotten catastrophic damage to my, uh, to my balls, to my gonads. And because of that, I have a low T, okay? And because of my your pituitary gland, which is right here in the middle of your head, right in the middle of your head, right above you, right below the lizard brain, your pituitary gland is, uh, if you look at the eye of Ra, or you look at the, on my video, and it shows the eye of Ra, the snake is there, and then it has the eye and the little, the little thing that comes off the eye, that's your pituitary gland, okay? And that's what it depicts in that picture. That is your third eye, and the pituitary gland is the little thing that comes off the edge and hangs down. It looks like a little filament, or it looks like your uh, your uh, tonsil in the back of your throat. 
right? The pituitary gland tells your testicles to create testosterone. Your testicles then create testosterone and pump it into your body, okay? And that's what gives a man his virility and makes him, uh, you know, makes it, it gives him his moxie. Uh, it, it drives us crazy too. So, the, so if you're not careful, the older you get, if you have a high testosterone level, uh, men become a little, a little uh, sketchy <laughs> because their testosterone level makes you a little crazy. Uh, so that's why naturally over time, a man mellows out because his body stops producing testosterone and it tapers down slowly over time until he's an old man, doesn't care anymore. And I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight you either. Yes, dear, whatever. I don't care. Right. And that's that's not because he's learned. It's part of it. He's learned in life not to fight and he's learned what to fight over. Right. Uh, and they, but he's also has less fight in him because he doesn't have that testosterone making him aggressive. Mine went from from testosterone to less than what a woman has in their body in a year and a half. My body stopped producing it. The communication uh, between my testicles and my pituitary gland, uh, my pituitary gland would say, make testosterone, make testosterone, make testosterone. And my balls are sitting there going, oh, what? What? Is that God? Huh? I don't know, understand. No habla inglés, senor. No habla espanol. Okay? And that's literally where I am. So when I was trying to get my insurance company to pay for it, that joke about eunuch, like, you know, Captain Jack going, eunuchy. When you snip, snip off the, so when the balls are no longer there, they're not making testosterone, a man balloons up and gets very fat. Okay? If you have some, because your body's making a little bit, you get a fat belly. That's why old men have a fat belly. It's not because they're lazy. They get fat because their body's making less testosterone. And then grandpa needs a nap because he has less testosterone, not because he's fat and lazy. He's fat and lazy because he has no testosterone. Okay? So, and that usually happens to old men. That happened to me when I was 45. Done. Falling asleep at work talking to my boss. Not a joke. Went to the doctor. The doctor said, you have low T. Got shots every two weeks. Then I then I uh, sued my company because I got injured and I ended up off of their medical and the and the medical that I got onto that my wife had wouldn't cover it. Then when I got onto Social Security, eventually when I got Social Security, in the beginning of that they wouldn't cover it either. But then they covered it really quickly because Social Security learned. Okay, so in the interim when we were trying to get my wife's medical coverage to cover it and they wouldn't, I gained two hundred pounds in like eight months. Not a joke. It was 486 pounds. 486 pounds. I'm now 286 pounds, 284. So I lost 200 pounds since I started getting shots every two weeks of testosterone. And I really haven't done anything different. Right now, I've been recovering from six, uh, six surgeries on my foot. I've just in the last month been able to stop using the cane and walk with my regular foot. So I haven't been working out in any way exercising <laughs> since March. Since March, I've lost over 50 pounds. And it's, and, and, but I quit drinking. <laughs> but that was, I stopped drinking in a month, I lost 45 pounds. Okay. So the alcohol was bloating me up with problems and, 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 uh, and inflammation. My body was retaining uh, fluids to try and fight off that poison. And that was keeping me a little bit heavier. Um, 
but otherwise I haven't changed my eating habits since I learned I was type two diabetic, which was uh, five years ago. So in that time I stopped eating uh, any kind of sugar. So I naturally would lose some of the weight from that too. Right. No lab pan uh, surgery. I did not have an eating disorder. I didn't eat five Big Macs when I had a dinner or, you know, went to McDonald's or something. I never, I didn't do it. Still don't to this day. My mother, when she's hungry and likes something, she will eat the same amount of food that I eat. People are astounded. Right, especially when I was heavier. Oh my God, your mother, who is like five foot four and weighs 138 pounds, is eating this. She is out eating you. Well, yeah, just because I'm fat doesn't mean I eat all the food. Okay. Oh, I've been listening. Peter's like, don't forget to check on mom. I've been listening. I heard her get up and, and turn off and close the curtains. And you're right. I don't see her in her chair right now. She probably went to bed. She'll do that. So I need to get off here anyway. Thank you, Peter. Uh, and if Peter's telling me that's because he's getting a spidey sense about mom, so I need to go. She didn't go out the front door because I have the window open. I can see her. So she's in there somewhere, but right now she's not currently in her chair. So I need to go and see if she's, in fact, gone to bed. <laughs> she gets bored. It's nighttime. There's nobody here. I'm going to go to bed. So I'm going to have to go and wake her up and get her dinner. So thank you, Peter, for that because it is time to get off here. It's after 7. I've been rambling. Now I did ramble a little bit at the end there. But if you listen to what I said, even though I was talking about what I was talking about, there, it's still talking about being in service to others or in service to self. And the selfless act of doing things changes the way you think. And that has to do with, so everything that I was saying philosophically, other than when I was talking about my weight, but even the, my weight also is, if, I'm not going to explain that. Those of you who know, you'll, you'll, if you go back and listen to what I said, do that and then listen to what I said and forget about me talking about weight, but actually think about what I was saying that I was doing and saying, how I came to this and what my segue into the coop and then into weight loss and, and all of that, you'll see that there's actually, that ties into going back to being in service to others, service to self and the whole yin yang. Okay. So, and I'm not just making that up, go back and listen <laughs> through the eyes of comparing them as a parable to the last story. When I went on about, uh, uh, about uh, knowledge and learning about a person to know what they're saying and their mindset, I'm giving you a little bit of my backstory as well so that you then can see my mindset and how I got to where I am currently today in my transition of the last five years, in the last 10 years. That's how that fits into all that. So it wasn't just me rambling, right? It, it, to some people, it's going to be because it's nothing to do with the law of one. But if you now go back and think about what I said when I was talking about the coop and then prior to that and the knowledge of the universe, the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love and all of that evolution, then you'll understand that everything I just said to you actually was a parable on that story. Okay. So you guys have a great night. Have a great weekend. I love you. I'm going to go and find mom, make sure that she's not in fact in bed and cook her dinner and have dinner. I'll see you guys uh, next week. All right. Peace. I love you. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Right? All right, guys. Later.